What's up, guys? Welcome back to the 3 of 7 podcast. We have an awesome interview-style episode for you today with some friends of ours named Kevin Wynn and Logan Locke. All right? Uh, we talk about a lot of different stuff on this episode. Everything from faith and walking with Christ to uh, being creative as an entrepreneur uh, to what it looks like to start something new. Uh, what that process is like and it's in terms of, of business and entrepreneurship. Uh, we talk about running. We talk about fitness. Uh, Kevin owns a company called MoveWell, and that's his entire mission in life is bringing health and wellness to professionals in corporate spaces, all right? He's serving people uh, in, in an amazing way. He has an amazing mission, and these guys just bring a ton of, of great conversation to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. This episode is brought to you by our partners at Drink Hoist. You guys know we've been using Hoist here at 307 Project for going on a couple of years now. I have put this stuff through the paces. It is IV level hydration. It hydrates you better than water. It keeps you going. It's got 70 calories. It's got 430 milligrams of sodium. It's got calcium, potassium, magnesium, all the things that you need that I need to keep me hydrated, whether I'm out working on the farm all day long in the Georgia heat or whether I'm running a 250-mile race, hoist, hoist has met and exceeded the standard in all environments that we have used it in. They're an amazing company. Uh, it, they're built by amazing people. The product is made here in America, and we just ask that you support the companies that support this podcast. It means a lot to us, and uh, we've all got to win together. That's what these partnerships are all about. So check them out at drinkhoist.com promise you, you won't be disappointed. Without further ado, here is the interview with Kevin Wynn and Logan Locke. Love you guys. All right. Oh, tech guy says we're live. He's <laughs> on time for once. Dang, son. You square. Uh, you, you're a little more squared away than usual. Dude, I'm always Since on we time. got guests in the house. I'm always. You're the one always late. What the crap are you talking about, man? What's up, YouTube? Welcome back. You guys aren't you guys aren't used to a, a Friday. It's Friday, right? Yeah. A Friday live stream, man. Is anybody watching this thing? Yeah, we got uh, we got sixteen on here right now. What the crap? It technically <laughs> don't start till another three minutes, but it's on. What are y'all YouTube? What are you guys doing, man? At freaking eleven o'clock on a Friday. Tuning in to a live stream. Mailman's on here again. Oh, he running the route, running the mail route. Mailman, you know you ain't supposed to drive and watch, your, look at your phone, right, Mailman? He's probably a bike deliverer because he's training for TNG. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. We got, we got oh, two. Yeah, that's bumping up now. We're about 100 now. Oh, dang, son. <laughs> What's up, YouTube? We're happy you guys are here. We got two special guests in the house up, up in the studio this morning, we got Kevin Wynn and Logan Locke. We met these men out at the Hot Rod Ultra and also got to spend some time with them a little bit 
prior to the race day. Got to hear a little bit about what they do. Um, Kevin, a little bit about what your journey's been in entrepreneurship, what your passion is, and uh, what you're doing for the community in terms of health and fitness. And it's a really, really unique thing that you guys are doing. So they drove all the way from Bowling freaking green <laughs> to Georgia to talk to you guys. So welcome your guests today, YouTube. Welcome them. Welcome them. Um, I got to address something before we get into this conversation. So okay. apparently, YouTube, apparently I called Trump supporters idiots uh, on my last truck talk. Okay. I'm going to have to go back and, and, and listen to the record. All right, but you lose a lot of followers. Well, apparently, I called Trump supporters idiots, and it's it's like kicking over a beehive, man. Is what it was like. <laughs> I'm sure, I, I, I mean, uh, look, I'll go back and and see the record. Uh, I want to I want to address this though. I think this calls for an extra truck talk. Like uh -oh. this should generate a new truck talk. Here, here, let me tell you. Uh. If you, let me tell you why I say, <laughs> tell you, every time I see somebody driving and they have the Trump uh, bumper sticker, they're driving erratically. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. Look, man, if you're going to sport your bumper, your Trump bumper sticker, at least drive like a civilized human being. Okay. Let me tell you what, man. I like Donald Trump. This joker, Donald Trump, has got some balls about him. <laughs> I like him. All right? Actually, actually, no, I don't like him. Actually, I think he's the best president that has been in office here in the United States in my lifetime. But I don't like him. You know why? Because I don't like any politicians. You know why? Because politicians are servants. I don't, they're in a position of service. I do not idolize any politician. We glamorize politicians. We elevate them to a celebrity status. And then we, we fly their flags. We wear their t-shirts. We put their freaking bumper stickers on. And we idolize them as if they are going to be the solution to our problems. You're an idiot if you think that any politician is going to be a solution to your problem. Okay? That's, that's what I'm talking about here. I don't trust any politician. Do you think that I'm going to... The, the number one thing that disqualifies you should disqualify you from becoming a politician in today's age is the fact that you want to be a politician. Do you realize our politicians are the lowest common denominators of our society? Most people that are in politics, they're in politics for their entire life because they can't freaking make it in the real world. So they go into politics because it's easy, because they can become corrupt and they can become millionaires through their little deals that they make because they can't make it out here. 
And that's why they stay in politics for 20 years. And you idolize these people. Yeah, well, yeah, Trump did well out here. That's good. That makes him a little different. Still don't like him because he wants to be a politician. Was he a good president? Heck yeah, man. Screw that guy, man. <laughs> I had to address that real quick. No worries. It's like kicking over a beehive, <laughs> man. Do y'all like to talk politics? I do. I do. I, I, lis- I listened to that truck talk, and for the record, I think you said if you have a Trump sticker. I thought that's what I said. <laughs> I, I think you said if you have a Trump sticker on your car, you're an idiot. I thought. I could have swore that's I think, what I said. I think Thank that's you. what you said. We'll go back to the record maybe on Wednesday and we'll play that over. Yeah. Didn't that uh, Land Cruiser out there have a Trump sticker walking in? <laughs> you know, yeah. We ripped it off on the way <laughs> in. So that's that's, that's probably not there anymore. Had a flag, I think it had a flag in the back, didn't it? <laughs> Dude, the, on, the only accident that I've had, the only wreck I've had on the road in the last decade was because of a Trump sticker person <laughs> Actually, driving I erratically. I heard that oh, podcast. Gosh. Oh, yeah, but don't weren't you weren't even... you swerving on yeah. the other side? Well, yeah, because I wanted to get around <laughs> this Joker, man. This Joker was like stopping, swerving, and finally he just stops right in the middle of the road. And so I'm like, okay, this is my opportunity to go around him. Well, I go to go around him, and he just gasses it to turn into a driveway. <laughs> like, first of all, that's what a blinker's for. Turn your blinker on, Trump supporter. Never right. mind the passing on the double yellow. Right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, I'm totally try, fine. trying to get away from this cat. <laughs> Look, Trump supporter, turn your blinker on first. And then when you go to turn into your driveway, you don't have to come to a dead stop and then turn. You can do. You can slow down and do a rolling turn. Okay? Just to let you guys know. I probably want, just want to make sure you saw his bumper sticker. That's why he came to a complete You know stop. what? That could have been what it was. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah now you know next time. <laughs> That's it. Uh, do, hold on. I got, I got a question for you guys before we um, dig into this episode. Because you, you guys are smart. Uh, gentlemen, all of these three men here in this room are all three much smarter than I am. So I'd like to get their perspective. Do you think that your vote counts? I think it depends on where you live, right? Give give me some perspective on this because I, I, I want to do a truck talk on this, but I'm like, really, man? Does your vote does your vote count? I mean, I, I don't. I, I want to know what you guys think. My first of all, do you vote? I do yeah. vote. Yeah. I do okay. Vote. I think that's. I think that's. I mean, that's a right. We need to do that, right? It's a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Does it count? I I kind of feel like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that it does count. I'll be honest with you. Here's my, my perspective is, well, I go back to when I was a freshman in high school, I had a, a history teacher tell me that if you don't vote, you can't complain. And so I've always, that just kind of stuck with me, whether it's right or wrong. But I think if nobody votes, then it doesn't count. Mm. So, you, I mean, I don't yeah. know. It depends how you look at it. So it's like, if everybody thinks collectively, like, no, it doesn't count, so we're not going to vote, then no, it's not going to matter. Right. You know, but... That's a good point. I've been thinking about that too. I've been thinking like, well, if nobody votes, then we don't, then there's no, we would never know if they actually mm-hmm. count or not. Right. Mm-hmm. So well, like say they got votes and that so-and-so won the election, even if not nobody cast their vote, they didn't up saying somebody well, yeah. voted. Well, yeah, they 
I personally think that it's laughable to think that our vote counts in, in the presidential election. I think that's laughable. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of to the point that, that it's like, well, if everybody went out and just just was just flooding the, the voting ballots and like it was completely obvious who the country was in support of for this leadership position of service as president of the United States, if it was just became blatantly obvious who the majority of the country was in support of, and then it didn't go that way, then that's like a that's like the opportunity to be like, okay, look, y'all jokers ain't counting our freaking votes, man. Mm-hmm. And then you mean like if it got proved that they that they um well miscounted and stuff, and then yeah, talking and about then, if something like that happened. You know what, ma'am? <laughs> I, I thought you was referring yeah. what just happened a few years I, I'm, back. I'm trying to think through this, man. I'm trying to think through this. People get mad at me, man, for um, for talking about um, violence. Look, man, evil only responds to violence. Like real, true evil uh, it only re- it only responds to violence. There's no way to drive real evil, and I believe in evil. There's no way to drive it into the. Sh- you cannot negotiate with it. You can't say you can't negotiate with a group of human beings who have been turned over to a reprobate mind. That's what I'm talking about. True evil is a is a human being who can no longer distinguish right from wrong. You you can't negotiate with someone like that. You know? Oh, man, I got to ease up, man. <laughs> just on my for, mind. For me, what I so 2 years ago, I just, you know, got off social media, I got off uh um just everything. Got took the internet off my phone. I was going to do it for 30 days Wow! And, and I'm still, I'm still there. I have, you know, just a few, I can do email like maps, podcasts, just a couple of things because I was finding myself getting so caught up in all the political stuff and pondering the stuff all the time. And then I started thinking like, does this really matter? Like it mat it, 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 I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but do I need to be worrying about this? Can I really affect it or impact it or change it? And the answer is no. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to do its thing. Right. So, well, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Because that leads me into the ultimate conclusion on these political conversations. Um, You know why I talk about this stuff? Because it's fun. (laughs) That's why. I I mean, it don't... Ultimately, it don't freaking matter. You know why? Because the king is coming. The Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He's coming. (laughs) Yep. That's what matters. So all of this political conversation that I engage in and that we engage in, it's fun. And we're citizens and we should try to we should have discourse about things that affect our lives and 
we should be involved in, in, you know, the, the making of rules. We should be involved in culture and all that stuff. But ultimately, I know the king is coming. So I can have all these political conversations and, and I can have them with people that don't even agree with me and take it with a grain of salt. I don't freaking care, man. Yeah. You know? So that I think that's the ultimate conclusion. Right. Well um, and 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 also like if you're if you're not doing I mean, like me sitting in a recliner going through Instagram or, you know, whatever and worrying about it, like that's not helping me at all. And it's not helping the situation if I'm worried about it either, right? Like no. so it's really so that's not. where I got, I was getting so worked up about all the, all the stuff. I don't think the whole country is right. And it's like, well, if you're not in a position where you can do something about it, then why worry about it? I guess. And if I'm not willing to do something about it, then I need to stop worrying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're still, you're still maintaining that. Yeah. 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 So I started, um, when was that? Uh, November of 2021, I think. And I was going to do it for 30 days. Um, have a real close friend that, you know, kind of challenged me. To, well, what started is I had a, there's a, you know, we're, we're a, a mobile, like a tech company, essentially we have a mobile app and everything. And one of our developers uh, has a flip phone and he really challenged. I'm like, gosh, if this guy can do it, he's a, he's literally an app developer that's on a flip phone. Like I have no excuse to not, cause I, I was kind of going through all these, I was trying to justify Well, you know, I, can, I need, I need Instagram or Facebook to keep up with family or, yeah. you know, what if I want to sell something or whatever, you know, I had every little thing and I realized like, um, it was, it was almost like an addiction and I, and, and what I was, I was never probably a person that was, I that was my, like this phone right here. It's an iPhone eight was my first smartphone. And I used to talk crap about people that were on their phones all the time. And then I found myself going right into it. So I was like, I'm going to take 30 days and just take a break from this and just see if I like it. And what I found is like, I didn't miss it one bit. And then like my relationships improved because instead of keeping up with people on Facebook or Instagram, like I was calling them or texting them or having lunch with them. Mm -hmm. So I saw all my relationships heighten as a result. And you know, it's like, well, I, I just don't ever want to go back now. Like I just, and I'm, if anything, I want to keep going more and more towards the flip phone, but I do, I do, I feel like, like podcasts, I, I do feel like, because I don't listen to a lot of junk podcasts, that's why I never listen to 3F7 Project, now I'm joking. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. <laughs> no, I, I do listen to 3F7 Project, obviously, but um, but I, I, I try to only listen to stuff that builds me up, you know, and I, I feel like podcasts are, I'm able to do that, you know. Uh, the last thing is email and I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself just constantly checking it for work and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I want to get to the point of like, I need to, it's still a crutch for me and I need to be able to shut that off. So I'm trying to work on that mm -hmm. the next step. So um, I, I see for me, I see the only, I see the solution because I've thought about this a lot, man. I've actually even thought about developing some sort like formatting some sort of legitimate plan that I am going to follow and I can challenge others to mm. follow almost like, um, you guys know, Andy's 75 mm -hmm. hard. Have you heard of that? Oh yeah. So, but, but this would be more around breaking contact with, um, these devices that, yeah. uh, we, we, we don't, I don't even think we need to say that it's almost like an addiction. It, it is 100% yeah. an, an addiction. It's been designed perfectly to keep you mm -hmm. on it. And the thing that it it hinders me the most in is my productivity. Yeah. Like I can't like I can't imagine how much more productive I would be if I would do what you've done. 
Kevin. And it's weird too, because my excuse for using social media and those things, my excuse is because it's part of my business, but it's like, how much am I actually mm. doing on there that impacts the business? Like it's, it's going on there, taking 10 minutes to write a post and then answer a few messages. And after that, yeah, anything else I do on there is not, is not impacting the, the body of three or seven project in a, um, in a positive manner. It's just me just melting my mind. Yeah. So did you see your productivity go up? Oh, like, a, it was amazing how much, and then a lot of like a lot of stress reduce. Mm. Well, again, because I was looking at stuff that I couldn't control and worrying about it all the time. And then, yeah, productivity, you, you think you, I, I, I think these devices make us think we're busy. Like as humans, we need yes. to be, we're, we are made and created to work, right? Like we need to be doing something and these devices make us feel like we're doing something productive when we're not. Amen. To, right. And that's awesome that you said um, that. And, and that's the whole point. And I love, I've, I talk about this to Logan all the time. He's heard this a million times, but like the movie Wally, have you ever watched the movie Wally? Mm -mm. Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, so I feel like that, that is, it's so, so like basically by the end, all these people are riding in these like little hovercraft devices. They're all morbidly obese and they're, they're drinking big gulps and looking at basically like iPads before iPads existed. And like, and, and then at some point, like it all gets shut off. Like the, I don't, I can't remember like the, the ship that they're, they're riding in, like basically like the captain's awakened and he's like, Oh, I got to, you know, he, he realizes like there's a world out there and the, their devices get shut off and they like look around for the first time. Like, Oh, like they like notice each other for the first time. And I feel like lately I've been, uh, when I drive into work and stuff, I just sit at stoplights and I just look at people and every person, like they're just so oblivious to what's going on. And my favorite thing we've done recently, I was telling Blake this last night is we, uh, for the hot rod ultra, to promote it, we got an assault runner treadmill and, uh, those are great because you don't have to plug them in. They're self-propelled. Right. And so we started setting that up at different corners around Bowling Green. So we, we were finding the busiest intersections. We were setting it up. We had a sign for the hot rod ultra. So our goal was like to get people wondering what we're doing, scan the QR code and then go visit the race site. Right. We're sitting literally running and like staring. I'm like five feet from people to stop like running and nobody noticed me <laughs> like nobody. No, they don't even know. Cause they're all looking at their phone. It's the yeah. weird, it's crazy. And like, so it just makes you realize like how oblivious to life people are. And they're, you know, they're looking at just stupid stuff that doesn't matter, but they feel like they're busy. And like, in, and especially as a Christian, like how, how many, how, how much do I, um, you know, skip out on prayer and stuff because I'm scrolling through Instagram, right? Yeah, like think how many times you could be praying or reading a book or whatever. And so I, I found I was able to fill up those times with productive things, but I was also able to have time where I'm not doing something. And I think that's really important. That's like we, powerful. Dude. We have we have to have moments in our life where we're where we're listening to God, where we're being present to our children. And 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 recently, uh, a man and my wife the other day told me, and I'm 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 kind of getting I'm sucked into it again with the texting and stuff, you know, coworkers and stuff like that. Like I'm 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 not perfect with this at all, and I'm still even text messages pull you in, email pulls you in, but I think I've gotten a little better, and at least I'm aware of it a little bit more. Um. But yeah, man, I, I I think it's I think technology is is useful, but can definitely I think it's the greatest creation or the greatest tool the devil's ever had to especially to attack men. Oh my gosh! Right? Have, have you never? I, I mean, y'all think I'm a crazy freaking crazy uh, nut Christian nut, but oh, you're a nut. <laughs> yes, I am a very extreme person. Is it not odd? 
that this device has an emblem on the back of it that is a piece of fruit with mm. a bite out of it. Mm. I you can't even make that up, dude. Yeah, I never thought of that. I've never. You can't even make that up. Yeah. That's what it is, man. Well, and you know, you. It's Kevin, odd, man. Look at it. Right there yeah. it is on yeah. your computer, Blake. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about how it makes you, you know, feel like you're busy, you mm -hmm. know, you're essentially being a busybody, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and then it also does make you busy. And I've thought a lot about like when dad would work, they would go out, you know, they had their day planned and they would go out. And nobody got a hold of them. If someone needed to tell them something changed, plans changed, hey, I need this job done, I need that. You just couldn't tell them. You right. got it. You got through back. the landline at the office. Yeah. yeah. You got back to the office and you got your messages for what happened while you were out and you made adjustments then. And so it the work that it adds to us or the capacity that it seemingly gives us is actually even just as bad for you because we have to take on all of these these relationships and these, you know, changes and people wanting to contact us and do this. And you can't maintain or manage all of that on, mm -hmm. on a, um, you know, on a healthy level. It, it's like it's too much for us to be able to handle. And so I think about that a lot. You know, just it, it has progressed the speed at which things are able to be built and done, uh, you know, for, you know, I'm, I'm thinking in like the construction sense, but mm -hmm. in any sense, you know, it, 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 made the speed at which it was done much faster, but I think it's too fast. Right. I think All it's right. too yeah. fast. All right. Okay. I love this conversation. Kevin, I have a proposition for you. Okay. Will you please come up with a, will you, will you lay out a plan that, that we can, and if you can lay this out, this challenge, mm. this okay. 30 day challenge. Okay. We'll launch this off of, Three is, I'll follow it. Okay. And I'll doc and I'll document my journey. That'd be awesome. Yeah. We'll launch this. Present it to people. Like, but it you've done it. And you still and and you're you're running a business that's heavily involved in online interaction. And you've done this. Mm -hmm. That's what's so impressive to me, man. Because like I want to know how you did it. Like I, I want you to write. Yeah. I want to see something written out. Like this is what it was like. This is how I. This is how I did it. These are the changes that I made. This is how I was able to maintain this interaction with my cut online customers online, but still, you know, make this lifestyle change. Because like right now, I'm thinking like. Well, how do I do this? And my only solution is like, well, I'll just move all my online interaction to desktop only. Yeah. But like, I think this is like every other addiction. Like if you're an alcoholic and you, you can't just stop drinking. Right. Like so, I know some of you guys have done that, but for a true blue alcoholic, they stop drinking. It's going to kill them. Mm -hmm. It's like if you're a drug addict, you can't just quit doing your drugs. You got to go somewhere to to get some rehabilitation, right? And they kind of they kind of help you with that process. This is the same way. Why has nobody come up with a plan? Like, do you realize how huge this could be mm. if you came up with this plan? And I keep referencing uh, the seventy five hard. 
This is nothing like 75 hard. Just the only way that they would be alike is in the fact that this is a program that kind of lays this out for you and it's going to require some discipline to follow it. But here's your opportunity. Yeah. Like I would follow that. Well, and for me too, like I'm, I'm a very weak person. I'm honestly like, and I know that about myself and I have a, an addictive personality and, and my wife, Amanda is very strong. And so when I'm having these conversations with her, she's like, well, just don't get on Facebook. Like, why do you need to take it off your phone? And I'm like, that won't work for me. Yeah. Either. I'm like, that you don't understand if it's me. there, I'm going to do it. Like yep. I, and I'm gonna, and if I, if I, um, I've heard people talk about like, you can get these apps and stuff and you can set time limits or this or that, but you know, the code, right. And yeah, you can get on there and do it. You can't be your own moderator. No, no, you can't. And I, and I know that about myself. So, um, one, I, I literally like grieved this for, t- I, I like literally, and you know, the hardest part of all of this was getting off Strava. That sounds crazy. Um, Thank God I'm not on there because it'd just be one more thing. Well, and, and, and I'm a competitive person, and like I was going out and running, and like literally like going out and doing a run that matters does not matter one bit. And you know, in the <laughs> park behind my house, and thinking about what you know, I want to go a little faster so it looks good on, or I know this segment. It's so stupid. And then I also had three years or four years of data on there. And when you cancel your Strava, it uh, you can like save all your data, or you can just like wipe it clean. And so that was it. Was like it like hurt my heart to like erase four years of running data. Yeah. Uh, it was the stupid like so dumb. And I grieved I, uh, like this whole process. I grieved for like two months. I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to let go. And which told me is well probably why I need to do it right. Like I can't let go. But I also recognize that again I'm not going to be able to do this myself. So um, I just started researching. Um, and I do, and I do like texting. Like I, I like texting. I like being able to text pictures of my, you know, my kids, but I like being able to FaceTime my children and stuff like that. So I'm like, I, I kind of want to keep a small, there's a couple of things with a smartphone that I do think are good, um, for, for me personally and for like our family. So I want to keep a smartphone, but how can I do it without one of these apps where I'm in control? And there's some settings in your phone basically where you can set a passcode that you take Safari off. You can take whatever app, anything off and you can set a password but I was like, I don't need to know the password. So I had my wife go in essentially and set the password. So I don't know what it is. And that's got it. You got to write this plan, dude. I'm serious. <laughs> it's simple though. I mean, I'm serious. I'll dude. write it down, but it's it, no, it's not, it's not simple hmm. because I would have never thought of that. Yeah. Like I would have never thought of that. Like, no, it, it, this could, this could potentially be one of the most life changing things for people that exists in today's current society if you if you wrote this out and it was launched off of a big enough platform that it got to enough people it could potentially be the most life-changing thing for human beings in today's day and age like this to me would be more life-changing than in a positive way than sending somebody on a fitness journey Mm. Like we focus so much on like, you know, yeah, get in shape. I call YouTube fat turds all the time. Like I don't like it pisses me off that people are are so sloppy and they take their health for granted and all this. And and yes, that does impact and change your life when you get healthy a hundred percent. Uh but this could potentially be even more impactful than that health journey. Now I think they both need to go together. Right. You should yeah. work on both. But like me, man, 
I'm a I'm a healthy dude, man. I train every day. I, I I've got I've got that down pat. I'm out of control with this thing, man. Mm. I'm out of freaking control. Like, and they create it that way, like right, like they know what they're doing. Those engineers. That's the whole point. You realize right? how powerful this could be, man. Yeah. Well, there's actually a so there's actually I heard a podcast the other day. There is a phone called Light Phone that just came out. Yeah. That's kind of like a smartphone, but it doesn't have any apps, no web browsing. But see, but see, people aren't going to do that. Well, yeah, that's funny. So I go to their website because I need my I need my iPhone yeah. because I need to, I so things that I have to do like I have to be able to film things like because right. that's part of my business, right? Yeah. So I need to right. I need a good camera. I need good storage. I need Polaroid, good. What? I need good service. <laughs> yeah. So like like those features or I, I have to keep I, yeah. I think I think doing this in a way that doesn't require somebody to go out and mm. get this new phone which right. is awesome that somebody created yeah. that right and what, what's interesting but I, when I went to the website and if you check it out and it seems really cool but they talk about how you can basically keep your number and switch out your sim card and so you can go like a weekend with this phone so you can take a break and go back so I think what they're recognizing is people aren't going to just use it all the time. It's yeah. too right. addictive. Yeah, right. You can't have both. It's too yeah. powerful, man. Yeah. It's too powerful. I mean, you want to talk about power? I, I mean, what, what do we think as, as things that are powerful in this world? Negative things. Sex, money. Um, I think this device is more powerful than sexual desire. And greed. I really do. I think yeah, it's more think powerful. Right. And people use it to feed both of those. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, dude, I love this conversation. It's funny because, like, a, I know you got all kinds of spare time. It's not like you're busy <laughs> doing anything. Well, you know, <laughs> it's funny because it's funny that you think this is something that could benefit people. I, it's definitely benefited me, but it's just something I've done personally. Like, I don't know. I get, I get, I, I see people struggling with it, but uh, I guess I just don't think of it being a bigger program like you're talking about. It could be, you know. Well, it's, it's, well what's so important, like w the 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 thing that makes you unique, is like you have found a way. You've already found a way to make this work. Mm. See, that's that's the value that you bring to the table in creating. A program like this because you've done the hard part you've figured it out what worked what didn't work how how you like things you had to change uh you've already done all that so like that's that's huge you know when you overlook you think all right well this you know i thought of these things and i did them and if someone wants to do that they can do the same thing you know they can think up their plan but the problem is 90% of people have to be told what to do. They're yeah, not going to yeah. think up like, right. oh, okay, so yeah, I know I need to do this. Let me change. No, they need That's somebody me. to tell yeah. them. That's me. Do this, this, and this. It works. In okay. this scenario, I want somebody I want somebody to say, okay, day one, this is what, this is the part. Yeah. Day two, day three, all the way through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I think, well, you're like, it's simple really, but it's, we overcomplicate the crap out of it <laughs> yeah. because we're like, like, yeah, it's simple to you, but where do I start? What do I do? I think the same. Oh, I think, I mean, apply it to running. I, yeah. I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. People like there's, there was a lady in the gym this morning talking about to me about how she just signed up for her first 10 K and she's, you know, wanting to know all this mm -hmm. stuff. And, and 
training and, and I'm like, it's a, it's a 10 K like mm -hmm. it's simple, right? Like, yeah, you, you know, yeah. It, but, but that's because perspective I've already yeah. done it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and also that goes back to again. And again, I don't think social media, we're on social media. That's why that's how we connected. Right. Like, yeah. I don't think it's inherently bad, but but that's what people are selling stuff to her, making her think that like, Hey, you have to go buy this program. You have to yep. go buy this shoe. You've got to get this water bottle. You've got to get, you know, this heart rate monitor. You have to stay within these heart rate ranges. It's funny. We, we were talking the other day about, I don't know what your, your approach is on the, some of the, the heart rate training kind of zone training and stuff like that. I was like, you know what? Like I've done all that stuff. I was like, when I'm in the best shape is when I just run hard. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And, and you've got to have some days where you're going easy too, of course. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. I think we just make it so complicated. And, oh, I can't go over this certain level and this and that. And I don't know. It, it, and, and fitness in general. Like, I mean, again, we're a wellness fitness company. But you don't have to go to a gym. Like you, the only reason you think you have to go to a gym is because social media and all these people making money are advertising to you telling you have to, yep. it's really simple, right? Like it's really simple. And, and you look back in the early 1900s or even up to the 50s, there was not a, even when we were kids, we we're close to the same age. You didn't see a lot of obesity in children. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Cause we just got outside and moved. Like we didn't have these devices when it comes back to you. It's, it's just, just get outside and do something, you know? Yeah. Use your body. I mean, you should use your body. Yeah. yeah you know simple. what my workout was yesterday? I ran up and down the mountain two times, and I did pull-ups off of a rafters in a pole barn and push-ups on a concrete yeah. pad, and I felt freaking great, man. Yeah. yeah and then cute. and then we think we have to plan it all out before we can start. Like, okay, I've got to have this perfect regiment, this stuff, before I can even do it. Like, before I even go outside and try to walk or run, I've got to do a month of research and then like, just, just go. Just yeah. go. That's how everything works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's how business works. That's how entrepreneurship works. Everything. Mm -hmm. That That's what it is. You just got to step off into it, man. Yeah. That's the truth. And I think it's a really powerful thing when you start doing it. Um, kind of backstory. So I, my, my daughter dances and, um, Two years ago, if my wife's watching this, she's gonna she's gonna laugh because I I this this whole this one song at this dance recital like just I, developed a, a huge mm -hmm. part of our business actually, yeah. but these these older dancers were dancing to the Mumford and Songs "Awake My Soul." Have you ever heard that song? I haven't. It's a great song, and um, but I was like I just kept thinking about that like "Awake My Soul," "Awake My Soul," "Awake My." Like, what does that mean? And like, it just I don't know. It just hit me, and I'm like I'm like literally at a, at a grown man at a dance recital crying watching this dance. And, uh, and I just can't get the song out of my head. Like I just can't stop thinking about it. And it basically ended up developing like this whole program that we do. This kind of life coaching program came from this one song of this dance. But, but what I started thinking is like, you know, everybody is just asleep. Like, and you see this with, this is why you bring people to the woods and make them walk for 24 hour stuff, right? Like everybody's asleep and we're, we're going through life, um, we don't even know what we're doing, like why we're doing certain things. We're just doing it or why we're picking up our phone or why we're going to mm. run the same. We're just, Come doing, on, man. we're just doing it with no, we don't even, we don't even know why we're doing it. And that's when I was sitting on that treadmill running and watching these people, you know, for a couple hours at a time, just like you can tell they're driving here and there and they have no purpose, no plan, nothing. And so, uh, you know, I started thinking about the power of like, awaking your soul right and i think we have to do certain things to to awaken ourselves and it could be it doesn't have to be this huge huge deal either it doesn't have to be a hundred mile race it just needs to be five minutes and this is a big staple of our companies we just try to get people to do five minutes a day of something intentional 
that's it. Like, you know, so like our exercise programs for our company, just we do daily stretching routines five minutes a day. Like don't, don't do anything else. So just do that. And then, uh, you know, if it's, if you like to ride a bike when you're a kid, go ride a bike. Like I, I had, a, I had a client that, you know, was really struggling with a lot of stuff and, and, uh, find out like he loves Disney loves Disney musicals and stuff like that. And uh, we're like, I'm like, Hey, just listen to Disney music on the way in. Like I never would have thought this guy liked Disney, but I'm like, listen to Disney music on the way to work for five minutes every day. And literally doing that set him on this path to like where he's a different person now. Come on, It's man. crazy. So I think, I think we, you, we have to systematically, um, we have to systematically awaken our soul. And that could be doing things that you used to enjoy when you were a kid. Like it could be riding a bike. It could be climbing a tree. As silly as that sounds as an adult, you've got to wake yourself up. You've got to do something to get yourself out of that routine. And it, it doesn't have to be something crazy. Now I think that can evolve over time where it does develop into hundred mile races and those things because it's, it's very, um, it's very empowering and impactful when you do these little things and you see the change. And so, you know, we, we kind of developed like this four step process of basically like, Hey, you have kind of this possibility phase and we try to be real positive about the whole thing. Like, Hey, it's, you know, in a way like you're not happy and that's and it. And, and you have no plan. And that's actually, that's actually a good thing. Like, you know, like that's, that's a starting point for you. Like l l you're doing nothing. So if you just do something right now, you're going to be happier than you are. Right. So we kind of have these four phases, like the possibility phase, just looking at what those possibilities for improvement are. And then there's kind of that awaken phase where you just consistently make yourself do something five minutes a day. And my wife's a great example of this. She always wanted to play guitar. And uh, for her, for Christmas, for two years ago, I got her guitar lessons at age 34, paid, paid for her to take guitar lessons. And seeing her just learn that skill, uh, it was you could just see the change in her, you know, and she doesn't like to go run. She doesn't, you know, all that stuff that I'm into. Um, but for her, that is wellness, you know, playing that guitar. And then she, for la last Christmas, they had like a band program. And so she, she wanted to kill me, but I signed her up to be in this band program where they were going to perform at the very end. She's never, you know, she, she used to do theater as a kid and stuff like that, but she's never been on stage, you know, playing the guitar and singing in front of a group of people. And she, uh, you know, on uh, St. Patrick's Day this year, she plays a concert at a little local bar, lead singer, guitar, and like, man, like I, I saw so much change in her life because of these small little things that she's doing. And when she goes and takes her lessons and stuff, like I can see that, that, that improvement. So that, that's kind of that awaken phase. And then we talk about, hey, then you kind of get to this transcend phase where you start becoming more of that person. You're maybe not all the way there, right? Like you're, but you're taking those active steps. Maybe you've been moving every day. You've been, you've started walking or running or jogging, but you finally sign up for the 10 K I'd say that's kind of like that transcend phase, but you may do that 10 K and then you don't run for a couple months after, right? You're not, it's, you're not all the way there, but the highest form is, and we call this path it's discovering your path, forging your path. The highest phase, the last phase is the habit phase, right? And you're there with, you're there with your faith and Blake is too, right? Like, and you're there with, with your fitness. It's, you don't have to, you just want to do it because that's who you are. You know, you're in union with Christ in this relationship. That's why you have a Bible sitting there. And that's why you have a, a theology book right there, right? Like, that's just who you are now. But it, but you had to, you had to intentionally make yourself do that for a period, I would yep. imagine, and fitness and everything, right? But eventually it becomes who you are. And that's kind of that highest phase. But it all started with that song. I was like, man, we're just so asleep in society. And I, so I think going back to like the phone and stuff like that, if, you know, systematically, you know, unplugging from that is it's going to waken you up. You're going to... Um, you're gonna you're gonna start seeing changes happen, right? 
Um, and so I'm, I'm a big believer in, and it's a lot of stuff that you preach too, but like, you know, you have to systematically put yourself in tough situations and force yourself to succeed. Yeah. You know, just intentionally put yourself there. And, and it could, for some people, it could be as easy as it was really hard. It, you know, running a hundred mile race is, was hard for me, but getting the internet off my phone was probably harder from a mental standpoint, Yeah, you know? And it, so it can be something really small can really waken you up. Mm-hmm. Dude, that is such sound wisdom. I mean, that might, that might be the most back to the basics, most foundational sound wisdom that we've heard on the podcast in 2023. Um, and you know why, you know why, like I forget to talk about this stuff like you just talked about because that was so long ago for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I, I forget to talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I lose, you, you lose perspective on what the people who are in the very beginning stages of just desiring to wake up mm-hmm. and, and make some changes, you, you lose perspective on what they are actually going through and what that's like for them, and then you can no longer help them. Right. And so that just happens over time. Um, and yes, with, with, uh, with my fitness, like, uh, I'm in that state where it is just who I am. Mm -hmm. Like I, I train every day with, with zero thought. It's just, it's just the habit. Mm Um, and I forgot about like when I first decided I wanted to go join the Navy and I had to learn how to run. Like I forgot about going out and just running a mile mm. and then like not being able to move the next day because my freaking shin splints hurt so bad. Mm. And like it was just miserable, man. And I'm so happy that you brought that perspective back into the conversation because I think so many people need to hear that. If you're desiring to awaken your soul and you've recognized the fact that you are just mindlessly wandering through life, it starts with a five-minute segment, Mm -hmm. intentional segment in your day and it could literally be as simple as five minutes listening to disney music because that's what brings you enjoyment yeah and that that starts to change the trajectory just maybe a half a degree but when you're on this path and you change that trajectory just a half a degree once you move a hundred miles further than when you made that half degree change, you can't even see the separation in the path in the beginning, right? But a hundred miles down the path is freaking miles mm. apart. You know what I yeah. mean? It's declination, right? Yeah, it's my yeah, it's miles apart. Mm. When you're when you're um I used to when I was in the Navy, we used to have these boats called Zodiacs, right? Mm -hmm. And we would do these long-range transits in the Zodiac over open ocean called over the horizon. So you would travel further than you could see the curvature of the earth. So these were long, long range legs. And you had a little, you had a little board on your 
your boat and you had your heading or your bearing on that compass, right? And that long leg, man, if you were just half degree off, you would miss your daggone mark by miles. So like, you got to think about that. That's that, that's that initial five minutes of intentional time. It's changing that trajectory by a half a degree and being consistent. And then that opens that, that widens the spread between where you were going, which was, which might not be good, which might be a waste of your life. What a shame that, Mm. how many people do you think, how many people do you think, you know, are going to lay in a hospital bed today and uh, they know it's their last day. The doctor's done told them. They're feeling, they're feeling, they, they feel, they feel their spirit is about to turn loose, son. It's their last day. And they're laying there thinking about that, that path that they went down and saying, man, I've wasted this life, man. Mm-hmm. That would be a, that's terrible. That would be a terrible feeling, man. It doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter where you're at at life. If you can just adjust that a half degree off, mm-hmm. it's going to open the gap between where you're headed right now and where you could be going. Yeah. Well, it's freaking powerful, and, man. And we call we call it for for our company move well. We call that strive for five. So our big thing is five minutes a day, five days a week. If you do that five minutes a day, five days a week, that's twenty hours and forty minutes a year of something intentional. Like think about it, like it's twenty hours. That's two and a half work days of exercise if you do five minutes like that's it's insane when you think about it um and usually what happens is that five minutes turns into 10 15 20 maybe it's an you know later down the road right like that five minute walk turns into a 30 minute walk so really i mean you're just getting started it's 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 crazy when you think about it that small you know and 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 for me i think that's where i was in my life like i you know um kind of getting into my story a little bit and you know I, I played baseball my family's in baseball my dad was a professional baseball scout my brother played professional baseball I played professional baseball and when I was sitting on a picnic table in Arizona uh April of 2010 crying because I just got released from the Padres the minor leagues didn't know what I was going to do with my life and I in retrospect it really wasn't that long looking back but it felt like a long time I, I had five six years where I just was red and probably you a little bit getting out of the military it's probably a similar like who am like what am i who am oh, i'm I? still going through yeah that. It's, it, you're right you you identify so much with this image and like what you're going to be now being a little more mature in my faith knowing like hey i was really putting that that was where i was getting validation was not through christ but it was through baseball you know and if i had a good game and stuff like that you know i i, I thought i was proud of myself if i didn't you know then then i was a terrible person or whatever and so I, I realized now looking back, I had a lot of that identity stuff going on too with, with just my relationship with Christ. Like I was just putting all on the wrong stuff. But I remember, you know, finally after feeling sorry for myself for five years and probably a lot of people on the outside didn't know that, you know, uh, you know, my wife obviously saw me going through that and struggling and all those kind of things. And, um, but you know, finally one day I was just like, I'm going to just try to do something different. And I, I had never run, um, consistently. I'd done some five K's and stuff like that. But I remember the power and just getting out the door and like waking up early. I never like woke up early other than when I had to for like baseball and stuff like that for early workouts. But I never on my own, like intentionally woke up early 
and got outside when it was cold and sleeting and tried to run or walk or whatever. But I remember just doing that. And then it was like, wow, and it just felt so, I felt good about myself in a different, like in a, it was like in a new way. I was like, wow, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could be one of those people that did that. You know what I mean? And yeah. then that, and then that just turned into more and more. And I, I started being proud of more of who I am, who I was. And then that kind of awakened other areas of my life. And then I start studying theology and, you know, it all kind of, kind of went together. It was kind of my own awakening, but it, it started again with like something really basic it was just like, get up, set an alarm and get out the door, you know, yeah. that, and, and just try to move your body. It does all go together. Tech guy, will you turn that AC down a little bit, brother? It's getting a little warm in here, man. Uh, it it all it all does go together, man. Like yeah. all of these, the this this whole that's the 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 whole foundation of three hundred seven project and the tagline: complete yourself. You you can't you can't focus too much on just the physical without focusing also on your mind, will, emotions, and on your spiritual self, right? Mm -hmm. It just, it, it, in order to truly, like, feel or at least strive toward this idea of being complete and, and, and having a wholesome life, it has to all go together. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also got to start somewhere. Right. You know, it's got to start somewhere. So, you know, you took a lot of, speaking of that, you talk a lot about your faith, Kevin, or at least I have heard a lot about your your personal faith, and it was really uh, impressive or, or really, may, I, don't, I don't know what the word is. Um, it caught me off guard how at the Hot Rod Ultra, the event that you guys hosted the night before uh, and also the morning of the race, how you guys meshed body, soul, and spirit, the physical, mm -hmm. the mental, and the, the, the faith aspect all into one event. Uh, that was really, really cool to see you execute that and to, to foster that type of environment. Mm. because it's really when you talk about ultra running it's not that's not normal right like you don't you don't you, it, it, ultra runner you're supposed to be the 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 overarching view is pacifist vegan <laughs> nature lover i have i've seen people comment about me that this chad guy's a conundrum He's a he's a ultra runner, a backpacker. He loves the the environment and the woods and but he's also a Christian and he loves his country and he he has these you know strong opinions and stances and and so I want to hear a little bit more about how when 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 did you give your life to Christ and how has that journey been? For you, because obviously it sounds like just from what you've talked about so far, there's been some growth mm. along the way. So, yeah, so um, kind of had a uh, untraditional upbringing too. So my dad was a professional baseball scout, and so 
you know, we made a decision. My parents made a decision that they really wanted us to stay close as a family. And the only way you can do that. So my dad was gone all the time. Great. Best dad in the world still is the best dad in the world, but he was gone a lot. Right. And he really wanted to be present in our lives. And, uh, so we decided that my mom decided to homeschool and back in the, you know, early nineties, that wasn't too normal. <laughs> you know, yeah. we homeschool our kids now and, and, you know, there's all kinds of groups and, you know, different things that they can be involved in. There was, there was a little bit of that when I was younger, but not a whole lot. And, uh, so I think right off the bat, I was, I was, you know, a little untraditional, I think. And I, I think I've kind of carried that. And now I, I really appreciate that. And I feel like everything I do, correct me if I'm wrong, Logan, I feel like we're always unconventional in a little bit of everything we do, yeah, even yeah. as a company. But, but, you know, that was, uh, it took a lot of faith for my parents to do that, <laughs> especially in, in the baseball world is very, that's very countercultural to be pro family and mm. Christian and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, and, and so I, I grew up, I grew up going to baseball games. I grew up, you know, sitting in major league clubhouses and talking to players like that was normal for me. And I, looking back, I know it's not normal for hardly any kids that grow up. Right. But my, my parent, I also had, so I had great parents, I guess is what it comes back to. And they were willing to sacrifice a lot. My mom, uh, well, I, have, I have two older brothers and a little sister. My mom literally just sacrificed everything. She was a stay at home mom. Dad's traveling all the time. Mom's homeschooling us. She's driving us an hour to Nashville four times a week to play baseball because there wasn't opportunities in Bowling Green. Uh, she's cutting the grass. She's, I mean, she's doing everything and she's making our faith a priority. Um, just unbelievable. And so I got, I had a really good example for my parents of like putting God first. Um, I grew up and I still am Catholic. I'm Roman Catholic. And, you know, that was, I grew up at church. I did all the church stuff and, you know, and, and I had a, had a faith for sure as a kid, you know, I, I wouldn't say like, Oh, I had this big moment later in life where I strayed off the path and, and was, I was crazy. And all of a sudden I turned my life around. Like I didn't have that experience, but I, I think all that stuff was just kind of normal to me. And I, and I knew God and I love God, but it wasn't until I think there was just very key points in my life to where I started, I guess, where I gave myself to Christ totally. Right. Mm -hmm. I think for me, um, as a Catholic, I mean, we really do believe in the Eucharist, which is communion. We believe that God is truly present in that Eucharist. And, you know, I, receiving my first communion as a kid, um, I don't think I realized the gift that I was receiving. And I think the Catholic Church has a lot of wisdom. And then when you're 14, 15, they call it confirmation, where you kind of reaffirm that decision, uh, kind of make that decision yourself to, you know, more consciously give yourself to Christ. Like the age of accountability. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. Um, and so, you know, so I, again, I was, I was a good kid, you know, I, I never, I never really partied in college. I didn't go through those phases. Definitely not. But, but at the same time I had stuff I was struggling with too, especially internally that people didn't see. Right. Mm -hmm. I wasn't perfect. I'm definitely not perfect now. That's for sure. Um, but I remember there was a couple of key, key points is, you know, one, I remember, I remember going to college and all, again, my identities in baseball, that's, you know, that's, that's how I, you know, in a weird way, probably got validation from my dad. He never asked of that, never pushed sports on us, nothing, but I knew baseball was important to him. So of course I want to play and impress him too. Uh, I, you know, I, I watched good athletes growing up. I wanted to be like them. And I remember when I, I went to Louisiana tech, so it was 12 hours from home. And I remember getting down there my freshman year and, and I'm, I was a very shy introvert. Like I could not have had this conversation publicly you know, when, when I was in college, I was very mm -hmm. shy, introverted, struggled a lot socially. Um, and I remember my freshman year, I wasn't playing. I, you know, I was 
missing home. My wife, Amanda, we were dating. She was in Bowling Green. They were 12 hours apart. And then I, I started thinking for the first time, what happens if none of this, like this baseball thing doesn't work out? Like I always just thought I was going to play in the big leagues. You know, that's, that's what I was going to do. And then I, all of a sudden I'm like, hey, I'm not starting every game as a freshman. I'm not doing all this stuff. And I remember, I remember just weeping um, in the quad at our campus and I don't, I don't think it was a moment where I gave myself to cry. I don't think I was like, God, I need you now. Like, I really need you to take control. But I think it was the first time I realized, like, maybe all the stuff I was putting priority on wasn't going to fulfill me. It was like the first time. And that was like, that was kind of like the first step. And I think over time. That's had a beautiful a, moment, isn't it? It I, is. I, have, yeah. I, I had a similar moment in my life. Yeah. Yeah. You realize, like, I can't do this myself. Yeah. And, I, and, I may, and maybe that was me letting, letting God in and giving my, my, my life to Christ. But I don't think I, I didn't make a decision at that point. I'd say that. I just realized it was very humbling. So, like, oh, wow. Like, this, maybe this stuff I put priority on isn't, isn't going to last. And then, you know, I, I don't know. So, I had a lot of ups and downs in college and stuff like that. But I think the biggest thing, really for me, you know, I got released from baseball. I, I took a job uh, working in physical therapy as a technician, the low lowest position you could have uh, at a physical therapy clinic. And I was doing laundry. I was, you know, wiping tables down after patients. Um, very uh, not appreciative at all of that opportunity. Like I was like mad about it. Like, oh, I was a, I was an athlete. Now I'm doing this and thought that I was above that. And it's so funny, like just because I, mm. I played a stupid game, I thought I was something and I didn't even make it very far in it. But, I, but in my head, I thought I was special, you know? And, uh, I think, I think where it really started changing, I ended up staying in that job for five years and I was coaching. I, I took a high school coaching job. Cause I was like, if, once I get done playing, I want to coach and I want to be a, the youngest sec coach in the country and blah, 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 all this stuff. And I was coaching high school um, and trying to work, just get that on my resume and trying to, you know, build that up. And, and, uh, I don't know that it was really till our daughter was born, Ava, our oldest, she's eight years old now. So eight years ago, I finally get offered my dream coaching job with the Houston Astros, a minor league coach uh, coaching position in Florida. We're about, I'm about to sign the contract and move down to Florida. And, uh, it just, it just hit me like, you know, like spiritually, I've been in this environment. It's the worst place I could be spiritually to be around that again. Uh, family wise, it's a, I, I say I want to have this really strong family, but I'm trying to go into a career that's going to pull me away from my family and have all kinds of temptations out there and stuff that I don't really need to be around. And then to, and to grow in that career, I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to see my family less and less to make more money to support my family. So when we had our daughter, I was making, I'll just, be open. I was making $33,000 as a physical therapy technician. Uh, my wife was a teacher. She out earned me as a teacher. She decides to stay home with our, with our daughter and we own a house, you know, we have, we have a young child and I'm like, what am I going to do? You know? And, um, but it was also the most powerful, uh, thing that I think could have happened to me because all of a sudden I had to, I had to figure it out. I had to, I had to man up essentially. Right. Yeah. And I had to, I had to figure out a way to support them and, and actually practice what I preached and like family and values and all this kind of stuff. And so I think I had multiple moments over the course of that to where I just started seeing things line up, you know, that, so I, I turned that job down. So I turned that, I turned that job with the Astros down and, uh, I'm just like, I'm going to be the best physical therapy technician I can be. I'm going to be the best towel folder. I'm going to be the best, you know, table cleaner. 
all this stuff and God, like That's I'm a gonna, big mindset shift, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. So like I was, I started taking pride in, Hey, there's smudges on this trash can. I'm going to, I'm going to get the stainless steel cleaner and clean that. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to take, I'm going to pay attention to every little detail and I'm going to give it all over to God at that moment, you know, and just see God like, well, I'm, we can't, we've done our budget. We can't afford to pay our bills, but we're going to, I feel like, and Amanda feels like this is what we have to do as a family. And so we're going to put our trust in you. And I think, you know, seeing things actually line up and that work was a, it was a, a validation of like, wow, this is very real. Yeah. Uh, you know, like God does, does watch after us. He does have a plan. God does align the right people, the right time, the right opportunities. And I was, I was doing baseball lessons after work to be able to pay our bills. So I get done at five o'clock. We had a batting cage in our clinic and our owner was nice enough to let me do, use that. I'd pull out the batting cage. Kids would come in the back door. I'd, I'd work till eight or nine o'clock at night, four nights a week. So I'm still in this, like not seeing my family phase. And, uh, I was, I was just praying, like, if there's a way I can f- replace this income and be home, like, I, I'll, I'll like, just show me, just show me if there's a way I can do this. And I was like trying to start a painting company, like, this is stupid. I was just looking at anything I could yeah. possibly do. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, I get a call from, uh, a par- who my business partner now with this new company, like, Hey, I need somebody to help me with this stuff. And, um, I know you have a full-time job, but I want to pay your retainer to help me with this project, these projects. And the amount that he was paying me was exactly what I was making from doing baseball lessons mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so I was like, wow, you know, and eventually that grew into this opportunity. And I wrote a, it was 2017, I'm still with this, this, uh, physical therapy company. We got sold to a big hospital. And so at this point I'm switching roles, growing a little bit in my career. I'm starting to have some, a little bit more success, not, you know, doing better, a little better financially, but seeing like there is some growth there as much as you can go with like a big corporation. And, and so I was in a cubicle sitting around, uh, in an office where they did a lot of insurance billing. I was doing other, other functions, but I was in this, this big room with a bunch of cubicles and I was like, this is not like what I want to do, like to grow with this hospital. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to wear the suit. I'm gonna have to get an MBA. And I'm like, that's not what I want to do with Especially my life. Especially going from the <laughs> baseball field, <laughs> yeah. like doing right. that, like to that. Yeah, yeah. That would be tough, man. But I, I wrote a, I wrote a thing called, it was 2017 and I wrote a thing called vision 2020. And I, I just put on there all these, all these things I wanted to happen by the year 2020. And, you know, start a business, make X amount of dollars, um, have another child, have a, a plan for school for our daughter. Like I had a bunch of different things. I had personal, I had running goals, I had financial goals, I had faith goals. Um, and having that in front of me, just seeing that every day, it was, it was insane. Like how just seeing that, even though, even though like a lot of days I wasn't working towards those, I didn't think, but just one by one, you just start knocking them off. And a big part of that was, you know, putting, putting God, putting God at the forefront and really trying to improve my prayer life. That was the biggest, I think the biggest factor in those things happening is, is, and then taking time to actually listen to God. And we were, I was talking to Blake about this last night, having, you know, silence in my life, you know, and, and being able to, to listen to where God's trying to call me to go. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I, I think I, through that, I just, a lot of different, a lot of growth in my faith, um, a lot of mess ups too, and a lot of backslides. So don't, like, I'm, I'm so not a perfect person. I sin every day, you know, I never want this to sound like I'm perfect, but I just started seeing myself improve. Um, and, and that, 
that's when I really started growing my faith when things got really, really hard where I didn't know if it was going to work. And I just put out, I put a vision out there that, that I wanted. And then seeing those things actually happen really showed me that how like when, when you pray, it actually works. Like, like God listens. Like I, I knew all those things. I knew they were true, but I never experienced them being true yeah. until then. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, so I hadn't, I had just multiple moments. And then I think just, I, I think now I, I think I just, I have certain times in my life where I feel, I feel God just really, uh, I just feel his presence, you know, and, and, and I, I discovered that through the Eucharist and I know I, I listened to your last podcast about denominations and stuff like that. <laughs> so I was talking to Logan. It's like, we're making a denominational topic. Talk no, here. no, wait, look, but, I, 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 res- I respect, <laughs> I respect your belief system. I can, I can do that. You know why? Because we both believe the gospel, right? We both believe that God came in flesh died because we are mm. a bunch of screwed up creatures right. and he loved us so much he wanted to he wanted to reconcile us back to himself mm-hmm. that he was resurrected and by way of his death we receive forgiveness and Absolutely. by way of his resurrection we receive eternal life that is what saves you mm-hmm. absolutely all right that is what if, if if you believe the gospel you know what you can observe a holiday you can eat a certain thing you can do this you can do that you can do all these things i'm i'm cool with that man i'm gonna rant about it mm-hmm. i'm gonna talk mass crap on you but look you can do that because the foundation of the gospel is what is saving us, Absolutely. right? Yep. The faith that's being supplied to us through the Holy Spirit of Christ to believe in his gospel, his death, burial, and resurrection, that is what is saving you, all right? Absolutely. So I can totally respect that. I didn't mean to sidetrack no, you. I just good. had to give that no, caveat. No, that's good. That's good. No, and, and you know, and I, 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 for me, I discovered that in the Eucharist. Like, I, I you know, and I think as a Catholic, you know, I recognize the importance of having a relationship with Christ. I think the Eucharist gives me int- intimacy with Christ because if I if I believe that really is Jesus's body, bre- that's his body, that's his body, his his blood. Like that's a really powerful thing, mm-hmm. right? And I can consume that, and I can have intimacy with Christ in that. And I think you know my love. I, I've I've I have researched and I've doubted every aspect of Catholicism, and I've doubted every aspect of Christianity and the gospel at some point in my life. Like I've gone through all those phases in college where you're like, Hey, is this even real? You know, I'm out on my own. I had this kind of really perfect sheltered life where I, you know, it just, that's what I believe. But why do I believe it? I went through all of those things, but I never doubted the Eucharist. Like I never doubted his presence in that. And, and, you know, like when I read through John six, like that's very real for me. And I, and I, and and are you, are you speaking of, is this coming from where Jesus sits down with his disciples and says, take this bread, it's my body, Yeah, take it, this wine, it's it's my blood? Right, that, and then also, like, you know, John 6, you know, there, there's, a, there's, there's many different discourses in there where they're going to speak, you know, specifically where he's going to say, I think it's when he goes to Capernaum, I think it's like John 6, 52, maybe, and he kind of doubles down he kind of doubles down on this is before the last supper essentially. And he kind of doubles down on, um, he starts saying like, Hey, you, you know, to truly, truly, I say to you, I wish I had my Bible in front of me, but 
basically you must cons- you must eat of my bread my body and drink my blood and the, and mm-hmm. the, and it says many disciples left on that day isn't that an extreme thing to say yeah it's very isn't extreme. that a radical thing to say and, no wonder they left him right and Who he do- says something like that man and he doubles down on it multiple times multiple times and and then finally they all leave and then peter says jesus this is a hard saying but to whom should we go like essentially like like, I don't get what you're saying. I'm Jewish. We can't drink blood. That's like totally unlawful. I don't get this, but I, I know, I, I recognize that you're the son of the father and I'm going to follow you anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I would say read through it, but like a lot of, a lot of the, our belief in the Eucharist as a Catholic is, is rooted in that John six. And, and in, in, in the last supper, when Jesus presents this bread and this wine to the disciples, does, doesn't he say, do this in remembrance of mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, um, dude, I, I want to hit on a couple of things about what you just shared with us, and 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 mainly I want to I want to hone in on the fact that you highlighted much of your growth in your relationship with Christ came by way of seeing Christ work in you in your life in your family's life uh because i think there is another topic that we don't discuss enough uh i want everyone who's listening to understand if you are if you are maybe curious about the bible or you are curious about faith in christ and maybe you're even reading the Bible, or maybe you're studying who this Jesus is, right? If you get to the point where you decide, you know what, this is the route I want to go. When you choose to accept Christ, in that moment, I want you to understand you are not going to have it all figured out. There's going to be a moment where you're going to have to say, you know what? I don't, I'm, I, there are tons of parts of this that I'm struggling to believe in. I don't have it all figured out, but you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to accept Christ, right? That's going to be a moment for you more than likely. All right. You got to be cool with that. I just explained this to a dude the other day. Who he's he's been he's been on resurrected for the last couple of months every single time and he's so he's he's searching, he's searching, he's searching and I'm like I had this conversation with him. I'm like, "Look, man, at some point you're going to have to make the decision to be obedient. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to have to say, "I don't know. I don't have it all figured out, but but guess what? I'm going to do what Christ asked me to do." And I'm going to trust that he's going to supply the rest of what I need mm-hmm. when I take that step of obedience and accept him and allow him to come in and possess me. Mm. All right? Because this is what this is why you can't understand. This is why you can't understand everything. This is why you can't wait till you think your faith is at this certain level because there are things that you cannot understand until you receive the Holy Spirit of Christ. Mm-hmm. There are things that there are aspects of faith that there are things that you cannot believe in until you receive the Holy Spirit of Christ. So you you will have to take this step, okay? 
after you take that step. It is a process. Kevin just described it very accurately. The process is, look, when you accept Christ, Christ has a plan for you as an individual within his body. He has a very specific purpose for you. He's going to lead you into that purpose. Leading you into that purpose isn't always going to look like things just working out right. A lot of times leading you into that purpose is going to look like pain, suffering, anxiety. You're going to be uncomfortable a lot of times, right? But you're going to see over time when you look back to that day that you chose to take that step of obedience and accept Christ, you're going to look back over this span of time and you're going to say, holy smokes, how did I get to where I am today in my walk with Christ? This might be 10 years down the road, right? And through this whole process, this process is what is going to solidify your faith in Christ. He's taking you through this process in order to give you more faith. That's that. That's what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Looking back right. on that, and that that's that's been the exact same experience for me. Mm. Uh, the the things that have happened in my life since I accepted Christ are unimaginable, unfathomable. I could not have come up with them in my mind. I couldn't have possibly made them happen in any way, shape, or form by my own plans or uh uh whatever you call it like i couldn't have planned it up i couldn't have dreamed it up right this walk with christ and the things that happen along the way are increasing and solidifying and providing the faith that you want at the beginning but you can't have it at the beginning you gotta walk with him for a, a while son you got to watch him work. You got to see him work. You got to pay attention. And you have to let him use you. Regardless if that means you regardless if that means you're living under a freaking bridge somewhere or you make this connection with somebody that totally changes the trajectory of your life. I don't know what it's going to look like. But that's the way it works, man. Y'all don't freaking understand that, man. Everybody, all of us, we, it goes back to the fitness thing you were talking about. Mm. People think, like, boy, you got, look, man, all, this stuff is laws of, of just how things work. You ain't going to have nothing figured out when you first start. Yeah. I thought that was a beautiful example of what that looks like. Well, and I think, too, when, once you're in that for a while, then you start seeing, like I said, you start, you start feeling and seeing and understanding and seeing things you didn't see before. And I've told this story uh, before, but two years ago I had a, had a big meeting for work and I was, you know, really nervous about it and all this stuff. And it was, it was three hours away in Paducah, Kentucky. And, uh, there's a, a land between the lakes there and there's a, tr- a really nice trail, the LBL, uh, canal loop trail. They do a 50 mile race out there and stuff. And I was, uh, I was, I was, I went out there. I had, I had a little time before. So I went out there to run before just kind of clear my head and stuff. And it's like February, but it's really warm. It's like 75 degrees. Like one of those like really kind of odd, warm days in February and I'm running on this trail and it's, 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 you know, single track, a lot up and down. Like, you know, usually I'm nine minute pace, nine and a half. And I'm just flying today. I'm going like seven and a half minute pace. And I'm like running up the Hills and like not breathing hard. Like what is, you know, it's like something, you know, you're kind of noticing like something's different 
and I don't know what's happening, but I'm, you know, it's like that flow state or whatever that runners talk about, you know? And, uh, and I, all of a sudden I could like, just, it was, it was probably the most intense spiritual moment of my life. And I'd say if I, if I've had one experience, this, this would be the one. And I can, I can like see the vision like that God's laying out for me. I can like almost, almost like I can like see the exact path in front of me for what he has for my life. I can see these things happening. I can see my daughter doing certain things when she's 20. Like I can feel all this. I can see it. I can feel it. And I get to this, this overlook over the lake. And it's just this kind of couple hundred feet up overlooking this huge lake. There's no one out here in this park. And I, all I can think about is how little and how, how, I'm nothing like I am. I am absolutely nothing compared to Christ. I am so, so small and, 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 but enjoy that, like having freedom in that and realizing like, yeah, I like everything I'm doing in my life. Like none of this is from me. I'm not doing any, I haven't anything I've ever done, anything I'm going to do. Um, that's any good is not for me at all. It's all from God. And, and, and just realizing that and like the, humility that came from that was just overpowering. And I, uh, I literally like, and I, I just want to think like, I'm, I'm nothing. I just kept telling myself like, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And like in a good way, you know, I, I think our society always says that's bad to do. Right. Like, Oh, it's a, like everything you, in the Bible is the antithesis of what society's telling right. You. Like the you know, society's going to tell you like, Oh yeah, you're great. You're this, you're perfect. You're this like, no, I'm not like, I'm not perfect. And I'm not, I'm not like I don't want I don't want to be the same person now that I am in 20 years from now. Like I want to be changing. I need to change. You know, I don't I don't I'm not a perfect person and and realizing the power in that and understanding that and I literally like laid in the dirt and laid down and just started covering myself in dirt. Like this this sounds this sounds hippie and all this stuff. I'm not one of those people. I don't do but I I it just felt like that's what I was supposed to do in that moment. Like I was supposed to just cover myself in dirt and just scream and just like feel that power of God, like that that just overwhelming humility of man, like I, I can't do anything in my life uh on my own without you. And mm -hmm. I, I am nothing and I I almost want to feel like nothing in this moment. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and literally I'm just like covered in dirt, screaming at the top of my lungs. And it was the most powerful feeling in the world to understand that. Wow. Like, I think that was the first time in my life. And that's probably the most spiritual moment I've had where I, you know, of like, no, there's nothing I can do, you but, know, but it took you, it took you a long journey long time. to be ready for that. Exactly. That's the thing, man. Yeah. You you want you want all of this stuff, but you're not ready for it. Right. Like you you have to understand that. Like even it, even, okay, again, this is another this is another thing that is just how things work. Um this is just an the process. We talk a lot about the process. The point of the process is to is to build you or forge you into the vessel that is ready to receive what is there to receive, okay? Because you can't receive what you want in the beginning because it would destroy you. Yeah. This is the same in, this is the same in, uh, in, in, in my business life. Like if I had, if, if, if I would have received the amount of, of uh, what do you want to call it, influence or visibility, or if I would have had access to a platform of this size 
three years ago, it would have destroyed me. I wasn't ready for it. God had to take me through a process of continuously conforming me more and more into the likeness of his image before he was before I could even receive what he had for mm. me in the future. It would have destroyed me. I feel so bad. I told Blake this the other day. I genuinely feel bad for uh the 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 most recent example is this guy like um Oliver Anthony that wrote the song Richmond yeah. North of Richmond and mm. overnight he he goes from you know who who he is that day when he went to sleep and literally overnight he's being invited to be a guest on the largest podcast platform in the world and it's like I I really feel for that dude man because I I that can now hopefully Hopefully he has a solid enough foundation in Christ to handle that. But you you're not you're not going to get what's coming until you're ready for it. I, I just believe that. Yeah, you 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 cannot skip the process. And people mm. that I see that get thrust into these scenarios where they they're they're not allowed to go through the process to get them to where they need to be when they're sitting in the seat that they're sitting in. I. I mean, I, I I pray for these people, mm. man. Like, because at that point, it does take supernatural ability to be able to handle that. Yeah. yeah you look you know? at anybody that's won the lottery, and look at the statistics of where they're at now. So they get a lot of money. They're not ready for it. You know, I believe a lot of people give their kids phones too early. Um, you know, you you can't. You can't give a Corvette to a 16-year-old. You can't give a, you know, so all of these things, it's just life. You have to mature incrementally to the point to where you could handle something that is. And, and this is a this is a ongoing process. What the Lord has for me in 20 years, if he dropped it on me right now, it would destroy me. Mm. Now, whether that is extreme pain and suffering and grief, or whether that is great success, and I'm and I'm sitting at the head of 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 a nation on either spectrum. If he dropped it on me right now, it would destroy me. Right. I accept that. Yeah. This is a continual process yeah. that doesn't end until the literal day that you die. Yeah. And I was just, I would just want to share like hearing Kevin speak. And I've been very transparent with Kevin about, I feel like I'm kind of in that. I just have kind of started turning my. I uh, wanted to hear from you, by yeah. the way, Logan. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, I know and, you're in a different place. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm 20, I just turned 27. So I'm, I'm just now kind of hitting um, some milestones in my life. But I think Kevin has been a huge influence and like a, a guide in like my walk with God that is still very recent to me. And I think some moments that I've had in my life that I haven't really recognized until now that he has put that he's weighed down on me was after college for about three years, I struggled with a pretty severe eating disorder and nobody knew about it. And I remember one night I was at work, I was working at a pharmacy and I just had this, it's almost like that pressure you feel when you tow a starting line you've talked about and you like, you have so much pressure because you know, you're about to endure mm -hmm. a lot of things, but you know, you're going to, you're going to see it through. And it felt so similar to that. And I'd never run an ultra before this. And I was all this pressure. And I was like, what am I, what is going on right now? And it was this pressure of like, I need to tell somebody about this. Like what, that I'm struggling because I can't do this anymore. And so I remember 
Asking, but you knew when you told somebody, like you felt the weight yes. of what was going to happen yes. after that. And, yeah. and I had no clue. I didn't know what it was going to look like. Yeah. And I remember I, I asked my boss, I said, can I, I'm not feeling good. Can I go home? And she was like, yeah, that's fine. I walked straight into the apartment. And at the time my wife and I were engaged, we were about to get married and I just broke down. I'm like, I, I've got to tell you this. I, this has been a struggle of mine and I don't know why, but I need to tell you right now. And I remember in that moment just thinking, how the heck, what is this going to look like? I, I'm never going to be able to feel normal again with, with food or with my, my mental state. Nothing is going to feel normal ever again. And I remember just, I just had this, I'm like, I just need to get to tomorrow, like tackle the day and then the next and the next and the next, and the next. And then I'm looking back, I'm like, holy crap, that's been three years ago that I, that I've addressed this thing. And then, you know, I start, I start running ultras and I, you know, I'm commend a lot of that that process of like this recovery from this eating disorder to my mental strength now that, and looking back, I'm like, how, what was that? That was God, dude. Like that was a hundred percent like him telling me this is going to suck, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you, you just, you, just wait, just wait. And I feel, you know, there's so many things in my life that I'm like, man, how this is, this is pretty cool. I'm like, that didn't just happen, man. Like, Are you just realizing that in this conversation? I, I think that it's it's kind of... Because uh, we've not had that conversation. Yeah. And I think it's just now really kind of weighing on me. Like maybe that's that's what that was. But I've never mm. really said it out loud. And I think that cool. maybe I didn't... Um, maybe I'm like, oh, that was too small scale to have been a God thing. But that was a huge moment that has like led me to where I am now. And then, you know, you mentioned like, I think God aligns the right people at the right time. And I think that's what happened with us. Mm. With, so. um, you know, like growing this company and just, you know, being a presence with one another. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that I'm still kind of going through and navigating right now, um, with my walk with God. And, uh, yeah, I think there's been those moments that have just like, you know, compounded and, and led, led me to where I am now. Well, that gives great perspective on the other part of this conversation Yeah, is that the process actually starts or begins before the moment that you mm. submit yourself to Christ. Yeah. Because all of this starts with Christ wanting and wanting or choosing you. Mm -hmm. Now, we won't go down the theological rabbit hole <laughs> of how that works, but there's biblical evidence that you, Logan, have obviously been chosen by your creator. He wants you for some odd reason. I don't know why mm. the crappy wants any of us, but that process begins before we even take the step of obedience in allowing him to be our everything, to literally possess us. So that just brings us right into the whole other side of this, how the process began long before. Uh, some of you guys are in the process right now listening to this podcast and you haven't accepted Christ and you think that you, you still, eh, I don't know about all this. You're in the middle of the process yeah. right now, whether you can't stop it, you either. can't stop it. <laughs> yeah. You can't stop it. It's, it's unbelievable, man. Yeah, it really is. Thanks for sharing that Logan. I love that. Um, I want to talk about, you know, you, you talked about your past, um, professional life, and I, I want to talk about what it's like when, especially with a family, with children, responsibility, 
you know, in 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 your middle age, mm-hmm. um, stepping out and saying, "Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start something brand new." Yeah, like I want the listeners to hear this, man, because I think there are a lot of people. I I know there are a lot of people that are listening to this show that have something that they're passionate about have some ha, they have something that you know keeps them up at night yeah. they're passionate about it right but they just can't wrap their mind around leaving that thing that they are doing that they find no enjoyment in that they some of them hate it some of them is destroying them but they just can't wrap their mind around leaving that to go out and do what it is that they are probably genuinely created mm-hmm. specifically to do. Yep. And so I want to hear about that journey from you. How, like, the, the, the tension in that and how you overcame that tension. Because not only did you start this journey with MoveWell at at the point in your life where you have tons of responsibility, mm-hmm. you, you, you have a past professional life, you're established in this, you know, this job, you step out of that, but you step out of it in a really weird time too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So talk to me about that journey, man. And in no specific order. I mean, I just want to hear about it. I don't, it, it's funny, like hearing you say that it didn't, I guess looking back, that was probably a big leap, but it didn't feel like it so much at the time. Maybe. Like how so? I mean, I don't know. Like I, you had there had to be a day that you went into the PT office and oh, said, "I'm, I'm yeah, I'm. yeah." But you know, I, I think I was really systematic and like really did my. I mean, this took just to be able to leave. It took me about almost three years. Okay, of working towards this. Okay, um, that's a good word. And, yeah, and so it it took a long time. And so, you know, I turned that that baseball job down, started improving, had that relationship uh, where I was able to get that retainer and make a little extra money. And then those conversations started with that same person who's our uh, my partner now. Um, and it took us three years to get to where I could leave. So, I, you know, I, I think I, I did a lot of due diligence there. Um, this is another thing. Listeners, you heard what he just said? Took him three years. Blake, how long did it take you to come over full-time at 307 Project? Yeah, it was right about three years. About three years. Yeah. All right, listeners, pay attention. That's the cost. Yeah. I mean, I didn't just walk in one day like, you know what? I quit. I'm going to start a business. I mean, you know, you yeah. know you, that, I think that's what people think you have to do to start a business. But if you do that, your business isn't going to last because <laughs> you're obviously not very smart. Right. So I, I think, you know, I had a lot of stuff in place to where I, I felt like, you know, I kind of through that, what I was working on that retainer was basically growing a book of business. So we could, so I could leave and start a business. So I had some, so we had some revenue coming in. So you're pulling, you're pulling double duty. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I'm working, you know, 40 plus hours with one job and then, and then also, you know, doing a lot with this other job at home at night. There's a lot of, there was a lot of 2 AM, you know, working. I mean, it was, it was, it was a long period of doing that. Uh, a lot of ups and downs. There was periods where like, maybe, maybe this isn't going to happen. I should just go back. And then you, when you feel like God's calling you to do something, we, I still feel like, I still feel that way sometimes like, God, this is really hard. Like, do I want to do this? And I feel like, no, God's, this is what he's ordained for my life. And I have to, I don't have a choice. Like I have to do it. Um, 
So yes, I finally leave. Um, and I think the biggest part was surrounding myself with really good mentors and, and having a lot of conversations. Um, I mean, literally Wednesday this week, I drove four hours to Indianapolis to somebody that I sought out. That's a CEO founder of a company. And I was like, I just blasted with emails until he finally responded. said, can I just spend three hours with you? And, and literally drove there four hours, walked with him. We took a walk and talked and I drove back, you know, because I think that's really important. So I, I had a lot of, I talked to enough people like, Hey, you've got this job PT that's owned by this big hospital system and you may feel safe in that, but you're not safe. Like you're, that's a, that's a false security you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And so people that are, you know, you, all that stuff can be taken from you in a second. So if you have a, you know, this safe job with a government pension, we know, we know we can't rely on the government for anything. Right. And that could all be taken away. So, you know, this job that you're staying in for 30 years, so you can get this retirement, that's good, but it's not going to change your, it's not life-changing retirement money. You're just getting by like it, that could, that could also just be taken from you, yep, you know? Yep. So I had enough wise people tell me that like, Hey, even though you feel safe with this, with this certain job you have, like you're not safe and you're not really going to be able to do what you want to do with your life. And I think that was, um, actually you met some of those people. So the curbside ministries, the, you know, the, the Sheldon family that, mm -hmm. you know, that they, they really mentored me through that process, you know? And so I think I, you know, I was able to surround myself by a lot of really good people that I trusted. Um, but I was able to leave March 1st of 2020, uh, we have Everly, our second daughter, March 5th of 2020, March 12th of 2020, or somewhere around there, the whole world shuts down and everything we do is for companies. So, you know, I can't go on site. I can't go on site to companies because COVID shut down the world. But it, it, luckily, you know, my partner was, was nice enough and, and, you know, was able to, he didn't give up on, on this and I was okay financially through that process. Um, but what's amazing now is looking back one, I was at, a, I would have been at that hospital COVID testing people. I would have, you know, um, I, it's just crazy to think what I was able to avoid. Um, but also it gave me time with my family that I've never really been able to have. I was able to be home a lot with my brand new daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, never had that much time since then with, with my family, but it also gave me time to, to be creative. And I think that's, that's, that's the, that was the biggest blessing is, I, I had nothing that I needed to do for work because there was no work to do hardly. Like there was no, like I couldn't go out and get business because yep. these businesses, the HR and safety people that I typically deal with at businesses, they were trying to figure out how to control COVID. You know, like they, they had a million other things they were worried about. They weren't worried about Kevin Wynn trying to start a business. That's for sure. So in that craziness, I just, I couldn't sleep because I was working. So I couldn't, I, 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 all I could do was just think. And, and I, I, all this like ideas were, I, my brain was just going crazy with ideas. And, um, I, you know, what we were trying to do before had nothing to do with a mobile app or I didn't, I, I still, I'm not a tech person. I don't know how to write code and I don't know apps and all that stuff, but I realized like to do what we want to do, we have to do that. And we can't have deliver a product like everybody else is doing. Cause what everybody else is doing, we're a corporate wellness company is what we are. So we're a corporate wellness company most corporate wellness programs don't work and there's a lot of bs behind them to be honest with you like when we start talking about wellness you can go down a million oh, yeah. rabbit holes with wellness right of what's what's wellness and what's not but they, the biggest thing is like they don't work and for something to work you have to have a team of people to help you because these individuals that we were talking about earlier that are going through life asleep not awake or not aware they need somebody to help them because they're not going to do that on their own typically yeah. some people do but for the most part, they need somebody to help them. So we're like, how can we create a product that delivers a team, a, a, the right people to help them? And so we're like, hey, can we, you know, can we uh, connect people with 
physical therapists, with dietitians, with personal trainers? Can we create engaging content? That's where Logan comes in. Logan's our content guy. He, he just started working for us in December of last year. So we went several years where, you know, I was everything. I was the content guy. I was the film guy. I was the podcast. I was all of that. Um, but, you know, even from the name of the company, Move Well, like I was, you know, I was trying to, it started with like, hey, I want to call it a movement something, like something cool and move well. There's like a million people, you know, movewell.com. Like that's not going to exist. So I'm like, I need to spell it differently. So M-U-U-V. And that was available, you know, so I got that domain. It was able, I was able to, you know, get name the app that and, and trademark that. And, um, but I was like, I need, I need something like this needs an acronym. And we, no one even knows what the heck that stands for. No one ever asked me what it stands for, but I was like, I, I couldn't sleep one night. I was up all night thinking about an acronym for move. Well, I was looking at Latin words and, you know, what could this mean? And literally at three in the morning, my wife, Amanda rolls over and says motion uninhibited, unified and vibrant. Like just blurts it out in the middle of the wow. night. <laughs> like oh, yeah. I, I like write it down. Yeah, and, you better write that down. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Well, again, it's like one of those God things. Like, wow, okay, okay. So it gave us time. So really, for a year, we had you know minimal revenue. I love that. I love that part of your story, man. Yeah, that right there, like that moment, like. Mm. You know why I love that part of that story so much is because it's so relatable to us and our part of our story at Three Seven mm. Project. It really is coming up with the the name and the brand and, and yeah. the logo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I made the logo. It's like you know, like cricket that you make T-shirts on. Like I don't. Yeah. It's like, it's like it prints out. Like my wife had one of those. I didn't have. I don't know how to use Photoshop or anything. I literally created the logo on a cricket machine, and uh, it's still our logo. And it, it's funny. Somebody came up this high level CEO came up to us the other day and was like, man, I really love your branding, your logo. And I'm just like laughing inside. Cause like I made that at two in the morning on a cricket machine, <laughs> you know, it's just so it's hilarious, it's, but it's so amazing too, that you're, you're trying to figure out what this thing means. Yeah. And your wife just blurts out yeah. the, the, the meaning of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, come on. So again, that goes back to one of those things like that shows you God's real, right? Like that, where does that come from? You know? So we, we when we were developing three of seven project, we were thinking three of seven. Three of seven, by the way, it sounds it sounds ridiculous. It's it's become a thing though. Mm. But like in the beginning, it's like we're thinking about this. I'm on a I'm on a podcast with uh, Marcus Luttrell. He stops the podcast for a break. He opens up his Bible, and out of nowhere, I I, I nobody knew. About three of seven. Nobody had not been discussed at all. Out of nowhere, he starts reading um, Ezekiel 37, mm. the valley of the dry bones. Yeah. All right. And God bringing life to this, to, to the just dry bones and putting flesh and, oh, wow. and building, building up this this army out of dry bones, Ezekiel 37 for no reason. The Joker just reads the whole thing out of freaking nowhere. And I'm like, he gets done. And I'm just like, Roger that man. Like that's where our whole our That was like this confirmation three of seven project, the bones forming the logo, Mm. right? I don't know, man. I that's just, awesome. I just think it's, it's relatable yeah, to, awesome. to how that, to how yeah. the meaning behind this name that you had came about through this revelation 
being supplied by your wife. Yeah. It's like, it's just well, wild, I always man. say Amanda's like the wisest. I mean, she really is the wisest person I know. And, like, and you know, she just does that. And, and it's funny when you're wise, you don't know you're wise. You know, she's always yeah. like, I, I don't, you know, I was just, you know, I was like, you, that's, you know, so yeah, again, just blurts that out. And that, and that made a lot of sense to me. Right. Cause I'm like, okay, you know, like basically you just got to get moving. You got to get started. And when you get started, you know, then you have this free uninhibited movement motion and like, you know what you can do in life, you know, like it's, a, and then you start looking at like a company for wellness. Like when you get a couple people doing that, it's contagious. Mm-hmm. When you, when you have Joe on the line working next to you, that's lost 50 pounds and he's packing his lunch and you see him go for a walk at lunchtime, like that's going to affect yeah, people. Man. And then, and then it's that, it's such a vibrant thing, right? Like, and it's, that's something you can, you can't, you can't really like, you can't measure that. Like it's one of those like intangible things, like, but you know it and you feel it and you know, it's true. Kind of like, kind of like God, right? Like you, you know, it's true, but you can't like how you can't measure that. You can't test yeah. that. You can't. Um, and it just, I was like, Oh wow. And so we start this. I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. We don't even really know what the program is. Um, you mean you didn't have it all figured out? No, I still don't have it figured <laughs> out. We did, but you started it anyways. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so like the original stuff I was doing was so different. Like we were going, I was kind of my training and background, and this is how I kind of grew at that PT clinic was I saw a niche and a need for to go out to companies and like I always say it's kind of the boring stuff we do is like go write job descriptions for HR professionals and like that state what the job is, but they look at all the physical components of that job and then we create tests that they come to a clinic to go through before they can get the job to show that they can physically, it's kind of like going through a, a physical, physical standards test. Yeah, yeah. But for, for a, a, a factory worker or whatever, that's, that's what I started to do. Like, that's what I left my job. We were going to do a lot of those. And that's, that's what I was thought I was going to be doing. And we still do some of that. We still do that. But like this whole other wellness program, that's, that's what I'm passionate about. And that's what, and that's what I realized I loved about baseball. It wasn't like I loved playing baseball so much. I love seeing people improve. I love, that's why I love coaching. Like I loved helping people. I love seeing, seeing somebody that, you know, we could go down to the batting cage and work for two hours and all of a sudden he hits a home run and it's like his life changes. And I, I realized like, I, st- I always will love sports and I love the competitive nature of sports. But what I loved about coaching and playing baseball was helping people and seeing them improve. And then I realized, wow, I can, I can do this on a much bigger platform with people like athletes, they're generally pretty motivated people, right? Like you can only like, you know, you can't help an athlete a whole lot be healthier. Like they're going to do that. They're pretty motivated on their own, but somebody that's, that's totally disengaged with life. That's going through a hard time. Like at, a, you know, doing the 12 hour shift and, and they're, on, they're grinding, they're grinding. Yeah. And that is a hard phase. And, and, and even for me, like I'm doing what I love, but it's still hard. Like and having a young family, it's, it's, it's hard. And I was, I realized like I can impact so many more people this way, but I didn't still didn't really know how to do. It. I just knew we could do like some kind of remote PT and stuff like that. So it took us a couple of years we really didn't, you know, we were doing that other stuff, the, the more uh, non-sexy side of the business and creating revenue and supporting it, but it was still just me. And for two years I was just doing that on my own, but trying to create this app and, we were like, and it, looking back, I was like, man, I'm not doing all the right sell stuff. Like I should have done a beta test and, you know, you know, uh, got people's input, see what they like, what works, done research, didn't do any of that. I was just trying to sell it. And so the first company that we pitched to, I had a, a person, Kyle Balliot, that you, you probably met 
at the Hot Rod Ultra, but um, he was basically working for me for free, just passionate about what we were doing, saw the potential in it. And Kyle and I were going to companies, pitching an app to some big companies in this wellness program, but we didn't even have an app. We literally, we literally had screenshots and we had a demo of something that we slapped our logo on. And, and cause we didn't have any money to start it. So we mm -hmm. needed somebody to buy it. So we literally were doing that. But now looking back, I'm like, that's the best beta test I could have done. Right. Is talk to the decision makers and see what they like and what they don't like. Yep. Yep. And then through that, we were able to, to kind of adapt our product to kind of find what was needed. And then also just kind of learn what we were doing more. And finally we got to where, and we're still improving, but we got to where we developed a product that was pretty cohesive and, and, and effective in my opinion. And so really it was 2022, May of 2022, um, finally hired our first time, first full-time employee. So it took us two years. So it was two years of me grinding and praying and not thinking it was going to work and going through COVID and all those ups and downs and not being able to talk to people. But looking back, that was the best time for me because I was able to develop something. And if, and like you said, I wouldn't have been ready to have a bunch of customers right away. Yeah, like, I wasn't. I w I didn't. I, I didn't know enough about business. I didn't know enough about leadership. Didn't have a great product. I wouldn't have been able to do it then. And so, I, so I, five total years. You you're hiring your first yes team member. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Finally, hire fire him. Hire him. Not fire him. Hire him. He's still with us. Um. Uh. And again, huge, huge. And and Wade, who is who I'm talking about, Wade Weatherholt, and um, just so critical to our operations. And uh, you know, he he basically worked for free for a year. Like he he left he left a really really good job uh, directing a whole hospital system PT. He had like the top of your career as a physical therapist job at 28. Walks away from that. And literally, literally made the decision when he's in the um, he's in the delivery room with his wife having their first kid, and he tells her after they get settled down, like I'm going to quit my job and go work with Kevin. Like it was a big deal, you know, and, and took a cut and pay and everything. Kyle Balliot had been working for free for almost two years with me. We were able to kind of hire him at the same time, and really out of us, us three kind of grew and grew. So we now have uh, eight full time people. We have four uh, four part time people um, still growing, but have a you know working with a lot of companies now having a lot of success and really like, you know, seeing people change their lives. And that's, that is so uh, impactful, you mm -hmm. know, like to be like, Whoa, like this thing that I thought up, thought of in middle of the night, at 2 AM and that I dreamed about and all this, I could like see, I can see now like all of my life experiences. And that's what I was experiencing on that trail run where I covered myself in dirt. I could look back and see, Oh, that's why this thing happened when I was 18. That's why I had this connection here. That's why I struggled with this. Yep. That's yep. why, I, you know, it all made sense. It all came together. And I think that's why I made that mistake. That's why I did that stupid yes, thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It all, yeah. it all lined up and I'm like, it, it was building to this, you know? And so I think, I think also like, <laughs> you know, if you, you listen to podcasts and, or, or, or listen to the wrong podcast to say about, uh, about business. And, you know, you think you're, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to start this thing. I'm going to get rich. I'm going to, you know, a year I'm going to be hitting it. I'm going to be working 80 hours a day and, and then or 80 hours a week. And then all of a sudden in six months, we're going to be making a million dollars. Like it doesn't happen. <laughs> it, I mean, for some people it can, but generally that's not the story. And I think there's power in the time where it's not happening. There's power in the time where it's really hard and where you're not having the revenue and you don't, everybody's doubting you but you know, in your heart, like it can work. Like that's, 
that there's a lot of power in that. And I think I'm so grateful for those two years of, of where we didn't know if it was going to work, but we were all just hustling and trying to make it work. And we're still, we're still young. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. Like we're nowhere where we want to be. Our products got to get better. Like we want to help more people. We want to work with more people. But, um, but I think now we're like seeing like, okay, yeah, this thing does work. Like if we're onto something and now all that, all that time that we, we struggled and did all the stuff, it was for this. It and works I, because of that time. Yeah. 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 And because you didn't choose to just quit and go back to what everyone told you was, well, everybody views as safe, but it's not really safe. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I tell you what, man, there's so much freedom in that. And there's a lot of stress in this too. And I know for you all too, like, I mean, there's stress and when you're starting and you, you feel like you're exposing your soul. Like when you start a, a business, especially something that's not like a franchise, right? Like it's your brand. It's your, like three of seven is you, that is Chad and Blake. Like that is you guys. So every time you do something, you're just exposing more of yourself hmm. and your soul and you're putting it out there for criticism. That's really hard, you know? And so, you know, I think a lot of people do struggle with that. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. I, mm. I, um, you know, I, that that's key, man. That 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 is so key, and it's something I want to uh, something I want to tell people right now. Uh, if you're that person that is constantly critiquing other people who are putting themselves out there through uh, their brand, through their business, whatever it may be, and you're the person that's constantly critiquing them, I want you to take just a minute right now. This is an exercise for you, viewer, listener. I want you to take just a minute right now to think about if you changed your life to the point that you chose to openly broadcast all of your thoughts, your dreams, and your intentions, your mistakes, your past, all of those things, if you chose to broadcast those openly, to the world, for the world to view, how do you think that would feel? Hmm. Just think about that. As you sit back and you critique people that are doing exactly that. People that are doing that, yes, they make mistakes. Me, yes, I make mistakes. But I've made the decision to openly broadcast my mistakes, my dreams, my intentions, my faith, my personal life, my thoughts. And I do the best I can. And I, I take that, I take the responsibility seriously. But, um, but I want you to think about how that would feel and how that would be different for you compared to how you're living your life right now. And the reason I want you to think about this is because maybe it will give you a little more grace to people. All right? Now, I'll critique people every now and then. I have never, I can honestly say this, I have never left a comment on a public platform bashing someone who's on that public platform sharing their thoughts are pouring out their heart or expressing themselves. Uh, this just is, you have to think about what, you have to think about the shoes that that person is in. You know what I mean? 
All right. I just wanted to put that out there. I, I felt like we need to do that exercise every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to hit on something that you said earlier too, Kevin, you talked about, so we're talking about this journey of stepping into that thing that keeps you up at night, uh, which Kevin gave a literal example mm. of stepping into this thing that was keeping him up at night and that he really felt passionate about and was he knew was fulfilling him of helping these people grow that don't have access to the things that he's providing. I mean, you're talking about you're working. I heard you say you were working with linemen. Mm. I mean, what a group, what a group of people. These, these guys have a freaking hard, yeah. physically demanding job. And for them to have a resource like you're providing is like going to give them not only a lot more enjoyment at work, but it's going to get it's going to change their entire life because it's going to give them longevity, mm. hopefully. Yep. Right? So you're talking about changing people's lives, man. Um one thing you said is you you were kind of intentionally forced into this period of time where you allowed yourself to be creative. And I think this is another thing. This is a key thing that I'm guilty of and that people can't get through their head. When you want to go and do something like Kevin's talking about doing, but it can be whatever. Yes, it's going to take you three years before you're able to transition out of whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, yeah, it's going to take you five years until you're actually able to start making a decent paycheck. You're going to have to work a lot of time for free. You're going to have to do all that. You know all that, right? But I think I think a lot of people don't understand that creative aspect, man. People don't allow themselves to be creative. One, because they're afraid what how people are going to respond to their ideas, um, two, I think people think they have to follow a playbook, yeah. but the playbook doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So early in business, I caught myself doing something like, um, asking people what they want. That's wrong. Yeah. Don't do that. They don't, most people don't know what they want. Right. Right? They know what they want. They don't know what they need. If, yeah. Yeah, if, you see, if you see this opportunity, be creative and provide what it is you were created to provide and do a good job at it, and it's going to work. Mm -hmm. But don't think that, that somebody's going to come along and tell you exactly how to do it or what needs to be done because that is the creativity aspect. I just started a new show on YouTube. I just started a new channel, Chad Wright 278. The first episode will drop on Sunday. It's literally me with a camera taking you along with me in my daily life. It's my personal life. Like mm. you, you might see me. The first episode has a scene in me freaking screwing a, a TV stand to the wall. Like, that's all it is. But I'm like, I'm feeling led because people watch these truck talks, man, and they think and they think I'm just some 
fired up. They hear me on the podcast. They mm. think I'm always just fired mm. up, crazy freaking dude. They don't know anything about me. Yeah. They'll never and, and they'll never know the the fullness of my life because they don't live with me, right? But I'm feeling led to show people, hey, no. There are plenty of times in my life where I'm doing stupid, mundane things. There are plenty of things in life that I get, actually the things in life that I get the most enjoyment out of, you guys don't even see. So I want to show people that. Now, I don't know how people are going to receive that, but I think it's necessary in order to, if, if I'm going to sit in this chair like, I want you to know who I am, man. I want you to know who you're listening to. Yeah. Like, honestly, I want you to know who you're freaking listening to. That's and, and it's my responsibility to show you who I am so that you can know and trust, hopefully, who you're listening to. All right? So I'm going to put this show out, man. A lot of creativity went into this. Yeah. Trust me, I spent all day yesterday in a creative mindset creating this first episode. A lot of creativity went into it because I think it's needed. I think I'm feeling led to do this. I have no idea if anybody will watch it, but who cares? Yeah, I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to continue to be creative and continue to pursue it. So allow yourself to do that, man. It's key. Well, I think, in my opinion. I think through that, that's when you discover, well, that's how you awaken and that's how you discover who God created you to be is yes. you got to let God work. Thank right? you. And if you follow this, I, I think our society, our society, and there's, there's a reason why we homeschool too. Um, I think there's, there's this thing we lay out and we think everything's got to be structured and set up this certain way. And it just kills creativity if you fall into that and it cre- yes. kills innovation and, um, so you've got to allow yourself to get outside of that and it's scary and it's vulnerable, but if you want to do anything that matters, you're going to have to do it. Right. Man, that's the truth. Yeah. So. And Sunday when that episode drops, you might look back a year, two years from then and you're like, glad I did that. I'm glad. Yeah. I, yeah like, and I hope yeah. so, man. Yeah. I mm-hmm. hope so. Um, what an amazing mission, dude. What an amazing mission that you guys have. Uh, appreciate it. It just, I don't know, man. It uh, it really inspires me that you guys are out there doing the job that you're doing, bringing this, bringing this resource to people who desperately need it. Uh, and I truly believe that what you're doing is going to literally change the long-term outcome of many, many individuals' lives. And... The fact that you're able to get into corporations, which, man, I do. Corporate is so screwed up. (laughs) Like, corporate is just screwed. Corporate does not care about their people. Mm. And for you to be able to work your way in and provide a resource that actually cares about the people, like, come on, corporate people. Come on, man. you, You act like you care about your people. You don't. You don't really. You care about the bottom dollar. Mm. You care about, and you 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 have to care about money. You have to care about productivity because those things have to happen. But ultimately, you should care the most about the person because that's going to drive yep. the money and the productivity, right? But they've got it all freaking backwards, man. 
And for you to be able to work your way in there and provide and make these these individuals and a lot of them doing very difficult jobs that require you to grind. I think of these linemen, they're out here working these crazy hours and they're beating their bodies up. And for you to be able to provide this resource to them that that's going to make them not only better at work, but better at home for their family is a tremendous mission, man. And I think one of the things we're trying to do now is, is uh, Logan see me going through this is a lot, you know, obviously we're Christian, all of us are Christians and everything we do is, is, is Christian, but I don't know if we've done a great job of being open about that. Um, so, you know, it's funny that you talked about the, the hot rod ultra and like how that mesh, that's kind of a newer thing, right? Like in me praying before the race, like that was scary for me. I've never yeah. done, done prayed in front of a group of ultra runners that probably most of those people might not be Christian. I don't know. You know, um, well, good Lord, I hope they didn't come to the speech the night before. <laughs> <laughs> you were fired up. It was awesome. Yeah, we got great feedback on that, actually. Yeah. We actually did, yeah. yeah. I have not heard a negative thing yeah. from that. Um, but what a cool, what what if they, like, what a cool thing if they weren't, right? If they weren't Christian and they heard that. Like, maybe the God was, you know, that was probably the perfect thing for them to hear. But um, what we want to do a better job now is just, is just be more open about that. And because, you know what, the ultimate, the ultimate wellness program is use your faith in Christ. Yeah, man. Right? Come on, brother. So what, one of the things we're, we're I'm, I'm announcing this publicly now we haven't announced this publicly, So now we got to do it. Logan is we're going to start a thing called common ground. And so that event venue that we were at, um, they, they're going to allow us to use this a few more times uh, over the year to basically what we're going to do is like an interdenominational. So, Hey, let's, you know, we've got, you know, Methodists and Presbyterians and Catholics and, you know, whatever out there. But like you talked about earlier in the podcast, we all share the same thing, which is our faith in Jesus Christ and our salvation through him. And so, yeah, let's meet at the cross, man. Yeah. So what we're going to, what we want to start is a program called common ground every quarter. Uh, we don't want to be a church and like, you know, we're not trying to do that, but we just want to come together and celebrate what we do have in common. And so that's something we're working on uh, for the new year that move. Well is going to sponsor and put on and, you know, we're, we're not going to make that a part of our, our wellness program to corporations, but if somebody's up using that, we're, we're not going to be shy about what we're doing. And if they want to come watch or listen or whatever, we're going to do that. So that's one of the things we're going to live stream. Um, and really just, you know, just, just again, celebrate what we have in common praise worship and just, just use it as a night to, to come together. Cause I think there is so much division, uh, in Christianity, which is really a shame, right? We're all, we all should be working together. Isn't it funny, man, at the, at the foot of the cross, that's common ground, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean kneeling before the cross of Christ. You know, yeah. man, that's common ground right there. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, I encourage you to, I, I encourage you to, um, lean into that because you you're you're a powerful person, man. And um, we also had to make a. There was like a moment of decision for us in in uh, three seven project. It's like. You know, because you can talk about spirituality in a very neutral way. Yeah, we were talking about that last night, Blake, like the universe. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, can talk about it in a very yeah. neutral way. Yeah. And, um, and you're tempted to do that because you feel like if you stay neutral, that that in the long run is going to be your best bet. Mm-hmm. I have found that thought process to be untrue. Like, 
People are so hungry for people and and companies and brands and businesses who are just flat out real. Yeah. They're so hungry for that that they don't even have to agree with you. Right. They just yeah. like the fact that you are yeah. what you are. Yeah. They they love people love it because it's so rare. And we made the decision quite obviously if you've listened to yeah. anything that we do to really show ourselves as who we are. And we incorporate our faith into everything that we do. And we do that because if we didn't do that, we would be intentionally withholding a part of ourselves from you, mm-hmm. which in, in, ter- in turn would be deceiving you. We're not going to do that. And it's created an amazing community. It's created a place where we have a we have a weekly meeting called Resurrected on Patreon where we have people that come and join in on these meetings that are they they chime in and they straight it's a live call they straight up say I don't believe the way you guys believe but I wanted to come in here and listen yeah. about this. That's the environment that it's created, man. And it's 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 wonderful. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. So well, I, think, I can't wait to see you guys. I think when you're passionate about something and you believe in it, it yeah, like you said, it doesn't matter if it's different. They, they want to. They want to know why you're passionate. I have. I have a good better. friend who's Muslim. Yeah, he's passionate about being a Muslim. I hang out with him. I have conversations with yeah. him. I listen to him. Like, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. Getting back to what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, man. Um. All right. So the Hot Rod Ultra is now a yearly event. Yeah. Lord willing. Yeah, yep. yeah. So that's this year was our third year. Um, yeah. So if if you're listening, watching, it's a, a 24 hour run. We have the Bowling Green Ballpark is the uh, minor league baseball stadium in Bowling Green. So basically, runners just run around it. It's a point three one mile loop, 24 hours, 12 hours, or team relay. Um, we started it. Act, technically, this is the fourth. Was it the fourth year? So the first year. Again, it's one of those things like didn't have a plan, didn't know how to do it, but I always wanted, I was like, I think I should do some kind of ultra something in Bowling Green. So we got the downtown square in Bowling Green. It's a 0.2 mile loop and we had four people sign up. It was free. We just put it on. Um, That's a cool square. By it the is way. a cool square. Yeah. 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 Um, we had one guy go a hundred miles, which was crazy. And we had two, we had two guys that had blisters apparently in the first couple of hours and just disappeared. Um, we had one guy that fell asleep and slept the rest of the night. So we had one guy essentially do it, but that, but again, it goes back to one of those like vision things like, Oh man, this could be something really cool. What about this minor league baseball stadium? Could we get a little safer, a little more, a little better. And I didn't think they would let me do it there. And they just opened their doors to us, which was That's amazing. amazing yeah. Barely charge us any money. Like it's just, they just pretty much do it for free, you know? And, um, yeah, so the first year, you know, we had 30 people and was like, wow, this is really cool. Last year we had 60 people. This year we brought you in, did the kickoff event, had 85 people. Uh, we had four people go over 100 miles. Um, but those are all awesome, and I love I love seeing people push. To, obviously, I want people to go as far as possible. But the ones that really excite me was the lady, and I forget her name. She she Her husband was doing the race. Uh, she came to me and Logan. Yeah like 10 minutes it was before. like 740 it was like 742 <laughs> i clicked on my phone okay yeah, 742 like, yeah. she's like hey i don't run i've never done anything like this can i sign up though and just walk like hey yeah sure she'd never walked more than six miles um she ends up doing a marathon 
at the wow, event. man. And that seeing that lady, like, again, she was awakened. Like, whoa. Like, I didn't think this was possible. And she was tired, and she could barely walk. Yeah. And, but she was so proud of herself. And that's, man, to me, that's just the, that's the beauty of this event. And, 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 and we bring in, you know, obviously there's some legit serious people and, and all those are great. And I think everybody, it's just such a cool collection of people. And then we're basically just, again, like I, I asked, uh, Wade, it works with me the other day. I said, well, what, why are we, like as a wellness company? Like, why do we, it's kind of weird that we do this. <laughs> like, how does this really, and then he's like, no, he's like, you're, you're, you're seeing people like unlock their potential. Like, and that's wellness and that's yep. why we do it. Right. And so, yeah, so it's going to be an annual event. We're going to September 21st is next year. We already have the registration open. want to give a shout out to Rob Apple. He already signed up. So he's the, uh, um, he already? already signed up. That's yeah. the, the world record ultra guy. Yep. So yep. this year was his 791st ultra marathon. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, so he's already signed up for next year. So we got one on there. So you guys, Go ahead and sign up, but uh, you know, again, we're we're planning on doing a kickoff event again. We'd love to have you guys involved again. Uh, I thought that was awesome, and um, it's neat and it's it's cool to see it growing. And, and it is a really well ran event. Like, yeah, it, it is a really well organized race. Well, the cool like, it, the coolest part is we got great volunteers, right? And we support a ministry called Curbside Ministries, and so Bowling Green is a refugee city, um, and so we have people from all over the world that that come here. Uh, a couple years ago in the Middle East when all that craziness was happening, a lot of those planes landed in Bowling Green and those people are here, are there with us. And um, so Curbside Ministries really serves those those kids out on the streets um, and they just they just bring Jesus to them. They they don't do a whole lot of preaching, but a lot of uh, a lot of leading by example and they just love on the kids and bring them food. And this this event supports them. And we were able to, you know, raise quite a bit of money this year, which was which was cool. And that's that's that when you tie an event like this to to a great program um, and they gave so much of their time and so much effort and volunteer. And that's why the event's successful because we have a great partner in that. And it's, it's neat to see that money supporting a really cool ministry too. Yeah, yeah. That's so. awesome, man. And how, um, how can people connect with you for, uh, um, for move? Well, if, yeah. if they've got a team, a corporate yeah. team or a small, uh, do you, I mean, what size teams do you guys serve? Uh, we have five people up to a couple thousand people. That's companies. awesome. Dude. Yeah. So, um, I you know, love it, that. It's funny. We, you know, it doesn't make a lot of business sense, honestly, to serve really small companies. Um, but we realize like that's who where we can make the most impact yeah. and we're not going to forget about those companies. And so we really love those companies because we can really establish those relationships and help people. Um, and so, yeah. So if, if you have a company you're interested, it's movewell.com. So it's spelled M U U V well.com. Okay. Uh, all of our socials the same. We have a podcast, the same name. Um, that'd be the best way. And then if you're interested in the hot rod ultra, it's hotrodultra.com. Yeah. I'll attach those in the, um, in the show notes of this episode. Amazing stuff that you guys are doing, man. Um, gosh, we covered a lot of ground on this episode. Yeah. Well, we went from Donald J. Trump to <laughs> started out heavy too. I didn't know what I was jumping into <laughs> with, with the start. <laughs> faith to entrepreneurship to business. I, I mean, we covered a lot of ground. Look, dude, I haven't forgotten about the conversation around get weaning off of the uh, technology. Yeah. I'm serious about that, man. You yeah. know, with all your free time, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, you only have. How many children? We have four kids. You yeah. only have to start staying up at night you again. You only have yeah. four kids in a in a in a in a 
a business is like, come on, Kevin. I mean, you should have created this a long time yeah, ago, dude. I'll make sure he gets it done next Monday. But you, you know what? Like my my family, that that's why this that's why I do all that I do, right? Yeah. Like, I, if I didn't have have them pushing me, motivating me, I definitely would be a shell of who I am. And I tell my wife that all the time. Like, I used to look back, like in my baseball career, and it's like you know, yeah, girls they hold you back. You got a girlfriend at home or whatever, and you know it's gonna affect your game and like. I, I, I would not be who I am without her, you know, and, sh and she is the strong, I want to give her a shout out because honestly, like none of this was possible without her and, um, strongest person I know has gone through so much in her life and to see her succeed and then really living a very sacrificial life right now, being a, you know, I'm on this podcast and getting a little publicity or whatever, but there's no publicity in being a stay at home mom, you know, and, and it's the same thing over and over and over and talk about, rewarding powerful work but hard to see the um see see that in real time when mm -hmm. you're in it mm -hmm. that's and the long game it's a long it is it's the ultimate long game right and your wife's in there too and yeah. and uh but no i, I just want to always make sure i give her a shout out because uh you, you know none of this is possible without her and and, I, and i'm just appreciative of them and uh, and it's a hard like we you know, we have eight year old, three year old, two year old, and three month old, and they're they're here with us right now. You know, we we made a decision that if we if we were going to walk away from baseball, we're going to try to do stuff as a family. So pretty much all of our work trips, we all go together, and it's it's a little inconvenient at times, you know. But but at the same time, we we're also able to make a lot of great memories. And she got to hang out with Blake's kids last night, and they all hit it off, and you know, meet new friends, and it's it's great, you know. So yeah, I heard you guys had a. Um Definitely had a horde of children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So uh, at our hotel, we've got a ton of Vikings staying there doing geocaching, apparently, in, okay. here in Rome. And so we they're. We figured that's where you That's what yeah, we figured we out last see you night. walking around with your beard. So all these head. people, I'm like, what? Is, so I get, I get, I got to Rome like right before we went out for dinner. And so I, I didn't really see a whole lot. And I get to the hotel and all these people in Viking costumes are walking out. I'm like, what is going on here at this place? Oh. But they're they're all there, and uh, yeah, we figured maybe that's what you were doing last yeah. night. You were yeah, running the streets. They're geocaching. I actually doing. didn't want to mention that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want people to. That I might taking it a little too far. That is actually, that going to be on Sunday? That actually might show up on Sunday's <laughs> episode. Yeah, we walking around dressed as a Viking geocaching. He's yeah. around the corner. He's, he's recording us walking out of the gelato shop. <laughs> Don't tell Blake. <laughs> Oh, man. man. Well, I love you guys so much, man. Thank you for making the trip and sh just sharing this wisdom with us, man. Either I mean, everything from, um, you know, going back to the, the original part of the conversation from uh, what it was like for you to cut, you know, this parts of technology out of your life and how that increased your pro productivity and how it just uh, increased your your joy and, and what you're getting out of life to um, talking about, I don't want people to forget either the part of this conversation where we talked about just that five starting with five minutes of intentional something uh, right now, today, in order to just change your trajectory in your life by just a half a degree and how the results that that's going to produce, right? It's like we can all wrap our mind around that right now. Today, if you're feeling stuck, you can wrap your mind around that. It's five freaking minutes, man. It sounds stupid. It sounds cliche. I know you're thinking, ah, that's ridiculous. But when you pair that decision with consistency, it creates a whole new path, man, over time. And you have to allow time to, to happen. Um, 
A lot of wisdom here, man. Thank you so yeah, much. Your special dude, Kevin. Yeah, yeah and Logan, it. thank you, brother. Thanks, man. Yep. Blake, you got anything? No. All right, guys. Until next time, this is the 307 Podcast. Enough said. <laughs>